Hi, this is Joe Jusco, and you're listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and you are listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, your weekly digest of hobby goodness, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me, as always, is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. He's a masterpiece for the ages. It's Norin Rad. Too good to me, brother. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. <laughs> I'm trying not to be giddy. I, I'm so embarrassed. I'm trying yes. to be, I, I'm very giddy. I, I, I'm, I'm being gonna, very giddy. I'm going to say now, it, it takes, I, I, I'm going to hold off on the fanboying and I'm just going to get into the intro. I'm trying. I'm actually prepared. Okay. I'm proud of you, man. You're doing so well, bro. Thank you. I'm holding it together. <laughs> so, no, I, a lot yes, of people will remember that for the longest time, episode one even, we've had a respectful nod towards the horizon whenever his name was mentioned. It's only right that the artist who many consider to be the godfather of Marvel cards, the, the daddy, if you will, would be given our now customary, good evening, sir, tip of the hat, whenever his name be uttered on our podcast. Indeed, after so many episodes and near misses to record, it brings me incredible pleasure to say good evening, sir, and raise a glass to our guest this week. You might know him. Oh, by the way, this is not alcoholic, I should say. Uh, I haven't started drinking yet. Uh, you may know him from such iconic sets as Marvel Masterpieces 1992, Marvel Masterpieces 2016, or perhaps unluckily arrested by him in Manhattan somewhere around 1980. Mr. Joe Jusco, how the devil are you, sir? It's a real pleasure, guys. I'm happy to finally be here. Oh, I was that that I was working on that intro for way <laughs> longer than is probably healthy for me. Um, but I knew if I didn't write it down, I'd end up blubbering like some idiot. Um, so appreciate you 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 um, uh, finally fitting us into your busy schedule. Oh no, yeah, no, I, I, I've meant to for the longest time, and I keep forgetting, you know, just mm. being distracted by stuff. So I'm glad that. To do this, that's cool. That's cool. Well, listen, I think there's something coming up that w- you'll probably want to talk about actually. So it might be good timing in terms of uh promoting something that you've posted in group about, but we'll get on to oh, that. Yeah. Um, and you've always is. been here in spirit, brother. So <laughs> always in spirit, always in spirit. Yes, definitely. Um, thank you. I've had the hardest time keeping a lid on the fact that we're talking to you today it's been about two weeks now so it's, you know, i've been i've been living with the secret for a while um i did actually reach out to three people other than norin uh one of whom was our guest yesterday i'll come on to that yesterday oh. um one of whom was an, an artist who works in um uh, sketch cards who's who's in the group and one of them is a collector and i each asked them to submit a little question um so we'll get onto those later as well um, there's so much we can talk about, and we've kind of got a little kind of map of it, but we'll just have a conversation, really. Uh, obviously, I want to talk about Marvel Masterpieces, and obviously, I want to talk about the work that you're doing now for the Edgar Rice Burroughs um, books. Um, but can we go back in a time machine, Joe? Is Absolutely. the first time people are hearing about you. I want to know what happened. Yeah, where did you get started? Because I've read about it and I know you okay. I know it's been written about, but how did you get started and how did you end up going from the New York Police Department to Marvel Comics? Okay. Uh where do I start? Well I was a comic fan from the time I was a kid. 
Uh, we didn't grow up with a whole lot of money. And, uh, you know, I, the, the, the thing that kept me occupied when I was a kid were my, my father would give me money to go to the, to the, the newsstand or the candy store and pick up whatever comics came out because he liked them all. So my older brother read comics. So I, um, I, I used to buy comics and it was, it was a way for me to, 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 uh, to, I guess I passed my time. And, and also I, I found myself intrigued by the artwork. Uh, my older brother drew, um, before I did, he was nine years older than me and I used to watch him draw and I decided that I wanted to try that too. So I would try to do what he did. And, uh, I would copy stuff out of the comics all the time. I remember copying like giant chalk drawings on the sidewalk outside our apartment building of like the old Marvel posters that, that, that initially came out. That was the, it goes Spider-Man and the Kirby Hulk thing. Um, and then when I was about, I guess, eight or nine years old, um, I was trading comics with a kid in a playground and I got uh, Avengers 57 and 58, which were the John B. Sema vision issues. Mm. And, wow. and those books just blew me away. You know, I, it was the first time I really took notice of, of, of any particular artist's work to the point where I decided this is what I want to do with my life. You know, I, I, it was that young and I decided that I, I want to do that. I wanted to be the next John B. Sema, which was insanity to, to, to even consider it years old but i just i never stopped that well you know once 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 that realization hit me i just i drew i drew constantly you know it, it got me out of out of classes in grade school all the time because i was the guy picked to do the bulletin boards and do special special projects uh you know for the school um and then uh uh in eighth grade you had to take a test for whatever high schools you wanted to go to you know you applied for them uh, and art and design that the teachers at, at my school said, well, why don't you take the test for art and design, you know, and, and I, I took the entrance exam and I got in there and, uh, and all through high school had decided that I wanted to draw comics for a living. It's, it's, that was, that was my goal. Oh. But I realized in senior year, um, I won the DC comics award of excellence in cartooning because DC used to give an award to the, the, the wow. boy who would be the best student in every graduating class, uh, I decided, I realized that I was never going to be fast enough. I wasn't, I wasn't a natural draftsman and I wasn't going to be fast enough to draw comics on a monthly basis, you know, and, and at 17, I was able to to realize that, you know, I, I was very honest to, with myself about what my abilities would be. Um, so I spent the gift certificate they gave me uh, with the, the award on different paints. I decided, you know, uh, that, that I was going to teach myself how to paint, even though I had never painted before. <laughs> Uh, so it really, the, the, the naivete of youth and, and, and it, if I had really thought about how difficult all these life decisions I was making were going to, we should, should have been, I, I might, I might never have done it, but I, I bought a bunch of different paints and, uh, and that summer, the summer I graduated, I simply play, I played with oils, I played with gouache, I played with acrylics and I, I, I couldn't really figure out how to use any of them, but, uh, uh, I put together like three or four sample paintings that I, uh, that summer. And um, that fall, I met Howard Chaikin in a, in a comic book store in New York City. Uh, it was like the comic store that all the, all the pros went to. And I happened to be in there. I knew the owners because I'd worked in a comic store previously. Not that one, a different one. And you get to know, you know, there weren't that many stores at that, at that point. So we all knew each other. Um, and Chaikin came in and the guy who owned the store said, you know, you should see his work. He's really good. And it so happened that Howard was looking for an assistant at that time. His assistant that was leaving. And he was, and he needed somebody else 
to work on stuff. Uh, and based on the, these three paintings that I had in my portfolio, he asked me if I wanted to work for him. And I was like, sure. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know, it was, it was like 20 bucks a day, you know, sit there and, and went up to his apartment on 26th street, uh, and second Avenue at the time. And, uh, and I was in this little room with him painting backgrounds on, on a thing, a thing called empire. It was the science fiction graphic novel he was doing and, and inking backgrounds and, and, and stuff on, on different stories he was doing. It was bizarre. It was bizarre how it just, you know, people ask me how to walk, how to get into the industry, how to break in. I'm like, I have no advice for you because it just kind of happened for me. It was the weirdest thing. You know, it was just a matter of meeting someone at the right time in the right place and, and having him think enough of you to give you some kind of a break. Um, and while I was with him, he sent me up to heavy metal with those three covers that I had done that summer. I graduated high school and they bought one of the covers. They bought one of those paintings for a cover on heavy metal. So, and, and, you know, 1977, 78, uh, 77, it was that, like heavy metal was the magazine everyone wanted to be on. Yeah. And yeah. They, bought, they bought one of my pieces for a cover, which, which, which to this day amazes me, you know, they commissioned another one off me and a cover and another job. And, and, and I went back to work with Howard and, and how it's predicted. He said, well, you know, now that you're now that you're, you're published at heavy metal, I could send you up to Marvel. And he predicted I would be with him about six months before I broke it on my own. And he was pretty much that on. So I worked with Howard about six months. I went up to Marvel uh, based on his recommendation. Um, they commissioned a cover off me and I just kept getting work at Marvel, you know? So that's, that's kind of how that started. You know, I was, I was 18 years old. I was painting covers for Marvel's magazine line. Wow. 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 Okay. It's crazy. It's so That's so amazing. So amazing. Well, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Because I actually had no idea what I was doing. If you look at those early covers, I mean, they were like a mixed media approach because I didn't know how to use any one particular paint the right way. So I was using anything I could to get the effects I wanted. So they're a combination of of watercolors and gouache and acrylics and magic marker and just all kinds of stuff, you know, it, it, just because I was I was basically teaching myself how to paint while I was working on those covers for Marvel, which which is which in hindsight, it really, like I said, is is pretty amazing. But what a way to well, it's learn. exploration, right? It's pure yeah. creativity and 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 that exploration that kind of builds something really unique and different. Yeah, and and it never occurred to me that that I shouldn't be doing that at 18 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was what I consider to be a natural progression. It's like this is what I want to do, and you know, and and, and I'm doing it. And, and looking back, I should have been more intimidated, or I should have been more unsure of myself. But I was just okay. You know, give it to me, and I'll do it. And and despite the fact that I was, I was really green and, and some of those early covers, I, I, you know, show it obviously. Um, it just never occurred to me that I shouldn't be doing that. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so then, so you, you're at this stage you're using these different paints and stuff. So what kind of clicks and when does it start happening where you start developing the technique you use now, like the progression oh, of that? It, it took, it took a good 15 years. I mean, I mean, that, that, that was, that was when I was, I, I was 18, like I said, it was 1977, 78. Uh, and I had done covers. I was working for Marvel for, for a few years and I was getting work, but there, there was only so much work at Marvel because, you know, they, they were more a comic book company than a magazine company. Uh, and their magazine line was slowly starting to dry up, you know, um, uh, and, and I, I couldn't get a Savage Sword cover for Adderoy Thomas to save my life. He had his own staple of guys um, that, that he liked to use. And I think he I think he realized that I wasn't quite ready for the covers or I wasn't quite um, as accomplished as a painter, uh, as a painter, as as 
as the other guys do in those covers. Um, uh, so it wasn't until he had left and, and Louise Jones took over that uh, that I started to get covers at, at, at with the Conan stuff. But I still wasn't making a great living. I was still living home with my parents. You know, I was I was 19, 20 years old. I really couldn't afford to move out because there was only so much work at the time. Um, uh, and uh, so I, I decided that uh, the other thing I always liked, had an interest in was police work. Um, and and I, I took the police exam because they they had. It was, there was a 15 year hiring freeze um, because the city had no money, but all the cops were retiring. So they opened up the, the tests again. And I took the test with, with a bunch of friends of mine. You know, it's, it's funny. It's, it's like I grew up in a really bad neighborhood in New York City. And half the guys I grew up with, I became cops in the jail. You know, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I made it. I got on. And uh, I, my initial idea was that I would do that for 20 years, do some freelance on the side, then retire and go back into freelance full time. Again, you know, uh, a very naive outlook on, on how I was going to be able to do that. Um, but after a few years uh, of being a cop, I decided that art was what I really wanted to do. So I went up to Tom DeFalco at Marvel and I said, you know, if I, if I leave, can you guarantee me some work? And Tom was great. Tom was like, we'll give you as, as much work as we, as, as we can give you. And this was like 1985 now. I, I jumped ahead a bunch of years. Um, and they were they were doing posters. They had more magazines, more painted projects and stuff at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back into art full time again. But getting back to the initial question, I was still doing that mixed media thing because I wasn't painting consistently in the time that I was a cop. I was, I was doing jobs on the side, covers yeah. on the side me realize that this is what I really should be doing, you know, and, and what, my, what my true passion was. Um, but I was still doing that whole mixed media approach, even up to the time that I got to the Marvel Masterpiece cards. Uh, wow. It was still all mixed media. And I'd say that I didn't switch over and decide that I needed to pick one particular medium and become good at it until I did the Burroughs cards in like 1995. Wow, that's really cool. That makes sense now. Answer that question, but uh, yeah, I, 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 and then, and then once I decided that acrylics is what I should learn to use, I just experimented with them, kept trying, and, and kept polishing my approach with them uh, to the point where, surprisingly, so many people think I work in oils instead of acrylics mm-hmm. because I, I came up with an approach and a technique for those things that really gives them sort of a more finished, um, natural look than a lot of acrylic paintings have. Yeah. Wow, that makes sense now because I've seen you comment before. Um, see, the, the, the joyous thing about Marvel Masterpieces group on Facebook is that you occasionally drop in and, and engage mm. with with collectors, which is amazing. Fans. Yeah, so thank you for that because I know they seriously really really cherish that. But I've seen you come great group. It really is. I mean, you guys have always been so so supportive of my work. It's I, I really enjoy coming on there. Oh, bless you. Thank oh, you. I appreciate you. Uh, but I've seen you comment before that you were just because because of the time scale of of, of Masterpieces Night Two, you were kind of just. You know, anything you were using anything just to get it done and you know and yeah. that very much ties into the mixed media um phase still being you know you're kind of sort of just the tail end of that i guess if if it's a few years off you you settling down to one thing so that makes sense um yeah i, I use basically anything that dried instantaneously you know yeah. so they, there was a, a lot of marker underlaying going down just to give me a base color and and, and then hmm. there were Dr. Martin's dyes, there are watercolors, there are gouache. And, and Dr. Martin's dyes, I've learned, you know, were not the smartest choice. A lot of people pick those to use because Neil Adams used to use them on his book covers when he was doing all the magazine covers and the Tarzan covers he did back then. But 
he learned to use those in advertising. And Dr. Martin's dyes are very futurative, um, meaning delicate and not light fast medium because they were used basically for comps and advertising. And Neil right. adapted to use them for his artwork. So if you look at a lot of Neil's paintings today, they're all faded from sun from sun damage. Gotcha. Uh, so probably not the smartest things to use, especially you know uh, uh, when you're doing a mixed media approach because once they once they sort of faded, the other stuff didn't, so that you get separation of color and value and stuff like that. So that's another reason why I decided I had to pick one medium and stick with it. We've gotten so lucky with the group because we've had you know other artists come in and. It, you know, I, I collect sketch cards and a lot of us collect sketch cards and look at the art and we've been seeing them when we were the kids. So we just analyze and analyze and analyze <laughs> and enjoy them. But um, it's so amazing how much like artists have to also be chemists because I hear this conversation a lot. Like Bianchi told us about this and Julie Bell and Boris. Like it's so fascinating to hear the mediums, the brushes, right? Palumbo also mentioned this. Right. It's pretty fascinating. Well, you, you learn through experience also that 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 if you use alcohol-based markers as an underpainting and then you paint over with acrylics, the alcohol eats through the acrylic, <laughs> you know, so you'll oh. start to marker underneath underneath the acrylic overpainting, you know, and, and, and like you said, you have to be a bit of a chemist and you learn this stuff as you go along, you know, that using marker on their acrylics already is, 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 not, is not a smart thing to do. It really reminds me of chefs. Um, cause I, 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 um, I spent a couple of years washing up in a restaurant <laughs> as a student. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure most people have got stories like that. Um, but you, you get a real sense of the fact that it's very similar, you know, uh, creativity It's balancing the chemical reactions of what you're, you're working right. with, you know, cause it's all, all organic stuff at the end of the day. Um, and how that might come out at least with, um, at least with the acrylic um, being eaten away, you're not actually killing someone with the food you're serving them. So there is that. <laughs> uh, there is that. Um, I, I was going to ask Joe before before we get onto masterpieces ninety two because I'm, I'm I'm dying to start asking you about that. But I just sure. throughout that period before, um, so from eighty five through to kind of when masterpieces um, right. happened. We, was there anyone specific? Obviously, you worked with Howard for a period, but there is, was there anyone at Marvel who was kind of a mentor to you or who helped you in, in a way or influenced you? No, I, I, I mean, there, I made friends with a bunch of the others who, who you know, it, it, it's, it was more a much more social game at that point because you had lived in New York City. I was lucky enough to be born and raised in New York City, but the publishing company is why Marvel was there yeah. to see with there you know it's not like it is now like post internet where you can live anywhere you want and once the image guys moved out to california you know they, they, they were based out there everything was in new york city so you know you made friends with the editors i, I was up there you know I, I lived 15 minutes away from the marvel offices so you know it's wow. a pop up a couple times a week and you could shoot it back then you can just go into the offices and schmooze and, and go from office to office and sit and chat and stuff like that you know um, so I, uh, th there was no real mentorship going on, but I, 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 if I knew if I stopped up there, I'd walk out with some work, you know, uh, and, and the more that's work amazing. you got, the better you got, you know, it, it, it's, it's, that's like anything else. The more you do something, the more depth you get at it. And, uh, so yeah, there, there, no real mentorship going on, but a lot of, a lot of friends who made sure I walked out with work whenever I was up there. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, and there was something, so moving around this period and and this is hopefully a question that gets that bridges us and as we move down the timeline you have such a look to your work that's so iconic to kirby Bushema. you know what i mean like there's such a, a 
an homage and echo it, 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 you know, that conversation is being built off the backs of those guys with your, with your amazing work. When did you start feeling that necessity to not only have your style, which is very iconic in itself, but also have that kind of pairing with, with, I I'm assuming heroes that you had from your, from reading comic books and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's pretty obvious in my work. And one of the reasons I think that my paintings move a little bit more than other people's do. Uh, I grew up wanting to be a comic book artist. Like I said, I went all through high school wanting to draw comics, you know? So I studied guys like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a silver age kid, you know? So I studied guys like Usama and Ramita and, and, and Kirby and, 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 and Adams just to see how figures moved. And I, and, uh, and, and I kind of incorporated that when I started to paint, I wanted to keep that same sort of uh, um, uh, excitement and movement to the paintings and not, not just people for covers. Um, so I, 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 I compose them I, and, and, and I treat the figures. I try to, I try to get movement into every figure I do. I mean, obviously you do pinup shots every now and then, but even then you try to do something with them that, that is more than them just standing there, you know? Uh, yeah. So you, I, I have, I have instinctively, because I grew up on that stuff, transferred what I learned about action and posing and figure work into my paintings, which I think is one of the things I said that, that, that kind of keeps them, uh, from, from being a standard, like paper. They're paper not back stagnant. Covers. Yeah. They're beautifully yeah. moving. Yeah. If you look at that covers, they're fairly posed. You know, that, that, that was that. I mean, companies used to pay for you, pay, pay your modeling fees. They would give you a stipend for modeling fees. So you can go hire models and you can pose them in the clothes that you need and you shoot the photos and you work off the photo. Um, I, I, I tend to draw everything out first and I'll use photos to correct the stuff that I do if I, if I think it needs it. You know, or, or there, there are certain figures I have. I've been cutting up magazines for, for 50 years, you know, so I've got files on anything you could possibly name, you know, so I, I, I can cobble stuff together to make sure lighting is right or anatomy is right if I need that. But my initial drawing is always done like a comic book drawing, just so I can get the movement and figure and, 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 and the, the approach going that, that I really want. Well, it's so funny because, and I'll bridge us to 92 now with, with, and this is just my reaction to 92. I could be way off base, (laughs) but your ability to harken back to those artists and, and bring your design in and then look at those photos and correct, I'm assuming cloth. And I've seen you do with cats and and animals. I mean, it's just sick how you're able to do, I mean, it's just so cool Uh, how you're able to capture that kind of that, that that like, you know, when you have like an action for an animation, you know, you have a start and a beginning, you always kind of capture right in the middle or right after the climax or before. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's always this kind of tension that's still in the figure. When you, when 92 MM came out for so many Marvel card collectors, I think people forget that that was the first time, not only in card series, but in Marvel, we really saw characters that looked like people. Right. Like that was the first time. I think that was the set that really made me understand. I was like, oh, my God, these like exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these are possibilities because before MCU, people don't realize that but you, you know, uh, Boris and Julie kind of made characters that looked like God. You know, they looked like God's walking amongst us type of thing. It was it was very was that was that always a decision? Was that a care? Was that something that kind of came about? Like, was there a decision there? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's well that the, the whole height of tension thing that you talked about was something that that I, I remember reading uh, Frazetta books. Frazetta was was you know he was 
everybody's God when I was in high school. And those fruit Valentine books started to come out, you know, and there were interviews with him everywhere. And he'd always talked about how he tried to capture the height of tension in any figure, you know, whether it's standing there or it's moving. So that along with, with, with my comic book background, I've always tried to incorporate it into, into the paintings. Um, uh, I, I always find it interesting that people say it was the first time that the, the, the 92 Marvel Masterpiece set was the first time they ever ever saw characters painted realistically because Marvel had been doing that on magazine covers since the 70s, you know? Wow. And when I, and, you know, a lot of people thought that, that, you know, like like because my work is kind of realistic and it's tightly painted that Boris Vallejo was like my major inspiration. Boris, of course, was to a certain extent because, again, in, in when I was in high school, Boris was blue he blew up in the late 70s and 80s but bob larkin was really my biggest influence because bob one didn't paint in oils like as the other guys did you know bob painted in gouache and i looked at his work and i said well you can do that with dry media you know with water-based media so i wanted my work to look like his and since i was competing with both he and norum you know for magazine covers at marvel i studied their work a lot to sort of see what they were doing to make my work compatible with what Marvel wanted, you know? And, and, and so that's Larkin was really my biggest influence uh, in my formative years of painting. And to the point where people bring me his covers at at, at, at conventions all the time, there are certain covers I get at least five times a con. I'm like, "Mm, that's Bob because they cropped his name off. You know, there there are a couple of Punisher covers, other covers um and and my work at one point looked very much like bob's work because he's who i was learning from you know and and trying wow. to emulate i first started uh, uh so that that's probably where all that comes from you know that's, that's so cool thank you for that that connects everything for me now yeah. that's really amazing uh, if you think timeline you know when i was doing those covers bob I, and, and then bob earl and i became sort of the trifecta on the Conan magazines, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's, it's, it, it, you know, it, it stands to reason that I was looking at those guys to try to figure out how to make my work saleable, you know, to the point where I had spoken to, to Jim Shooter a couple of years ago, we, we, we met at the con and I said to him, I thanked him for, for giving me work. I said, because if you look at my early stuff, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And he's, and what he said, to, I found what he said to be really interesting. He said, well, you obviously were green and your stuff was really rough, but you knew what we wanted on a cover. You know, you knew what we were looking for as far as energy and composition and vibe and approach. So, you know, that's, that's why you kept getting work. You know, there are a lot of guys who are better painters than you, but didn't get it, you know, and I kind of understood because again, I guess because I grew up a Marvel kid and, you know, I understood dynamics. And uh, I think that was really an important part of me getting work when I was younger, even though I was, you know, fairly unaccomplished. Gotcha. So let's. I, I want to. I want to hit the nineties now, if sure. if you will. Um, before you got the call from Masterpieces nineteen ninety two, or right. probably even just the <laughs> tap on the shoulder if you were hanging around the offices. Um, yeah, my work here. Yeah. Um, was it? Were you aware? Because because we 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 interviewed um, Bob Budiansky mm-hmm. last year. And, yeah, I read- um, were you aware that he was um, that they were bringing out the card sets because they brought out you know they'd taken Marvel Universe nineteen ninety and then obviously ninety one. But were you kind of keeping tabs on what they were doing from that? Angle? I wasn't keeping tabs on it, but it's like I said when I went up there, I, I was at that period where you know if you gave me work, I took it. You know what I mean? Which is why he, 
you know, Nightmare on Elm Street covers from me. You'll see Nightcat, NFL Super Pro. And, you know, you'll see basically it's like, you know, if you have work, I'll take it. I'll paint anything. I don't care. You have Care Bears painting. I'll paint, I'll paint the Care Bears for you. Um, so so I was aware of the cards, although the cards were a whole separate endeavor. Hmm. Until uh, they had asked me to paint the backgrounds for Marvel Universe 3, you know, and and. It's amazing how many people don't realize that if you put those cards together, there's one big sort of universal background to it. Um, so I, 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 they asked me if I would do that because this, this is pre-digital. You, it would take 10 minutes today to do that thing, you know, but I had to paint these two big paintings and they gave me a template of the, where the figures would be. And I had to sort of connect every card. So in between each corner of each card, I had to have some kind of a sunburst or a planet or, or something else, you know, to, to, so that when you put them together, you had this big background. So that was my first um introduction doing trading cards and then tops called me tops said tops had called me because they were doing toxic crusader cards and they wanted me to do a nine set toxic prince with toxic crusader that was 1991 probably right after or right around the same time i did those backdrop paintings so my first cards aren't the marvel mespies cards they're actually toxic crusader cards for tops wow you know okay. so cool <laughs> kind of no, and I, it's again, you know, it, it, it's it was they they sent me the drawings to use as the basis for the paintings, and I and I did painted versions of of those drawings they sent me, um, and then the the masterpiece stuff came about simply because I was at that point uh, the guy who was doing most of the the painted work up at Marvel. You know, I I was at by that point I think I I'm not, I, I don't know if it was or Bob had gone on to do other stuff or, but I was getting a lot of the, a lot of the painted work, um, and again. Uh, if you're in the offices and you're right in front of somebody, you're the first person they think of to ask yeah. if you're, you know, willing to take on a job. Um, so I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly how it came about. I'm sure that Bob had mentioned to me they were doing card set mm. and asked me if I'd be interested in doing it. Um, and I know that Jim Lee had just done that X-Men set. Yes. Um, so I said, I said, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I guess I, I could do little tiny paintings. I, I know that the, the, I'm a trade. I was a trading card fan, so I knew that the the Mars Attacks paintings were little paintings, the Batman paintings were little paintings, um, and I and I know Jim's paintings were like five by seven. They were these little tiny things. Yeah. Tiny little things. Um, so I said, sure. I, I said, actually, it sounds great. And it was also when they told me what I'd be getting paid for it was the most money I'd ever made on one on job in my life. And I was really? like, of course I'll take it. Sure, no, not a problem. Uh, so that's how, I'm sure that's how it came about. I'm sure they asked me if I'd be willing to do it if I had the room my schedule. Um, which of course I did. Uh, and I, that's, that's how the set came about as far as me taking the set on. Yeah. But you, you, wow. you earned that money though, didn't you? By all yeah. accounts. Well, you, it. you know, I, <laughs> sounded, it sounded really doable because it, it was, I, I was going to do small paintings, you know, little figure things. And, uh, yeah, they gave me 90 that once I agreed to the job, they told me the deadline was something like 94 days or nine, 90, 96 days or something like that. It was, it was just around three months or a little over three months mm -hmm. to do 104 pieces. Uh, but of, of course, once I started them and, and I reasoned out in my head, well, you know, if I did a painting a day, you know, uh, for, for like, without taking a day off for like the three and a half months or whatever it was, then that, that shouldn't be a problem. But that's after the first couple, it gets to be a, you know, you realize you, you, you have to, you have to come up with the ideas. You have to actually paint the pictures, you know, you have, you have to go through it. And, and then there was, there was approval on sketches, which I'll get to as to, uh, as to how that, that didn't quite work out the way it was supposed to, um, uh, you know, 
so, and you end up, you get sick, you have family obligations. Sometimes yeah. you have, so that set schedule wise, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it today. It almost killed me, uh, because I was working around the clock for, for the entire time I was working on that set. I was, people bringing me food in my studio. I would, I would work for 40 hours until I couldn't see anymore. Then I'd go sleep for a few hours and I would get up and I'd work hours until I couldn't see. So there was no set schedule. It was just work until I dropped, get up and work again on those, on, on those, you know, and, and I did that for three and a half months. And toward the end, um, I remember I brought a batch of cards into the office one day just to get out of the house. People were like, what's, what's wrong with you? I was black under my eyes. I was oh. exhausted. I was like, oh. I got, you know, um, so yeah, it, it was, it was a grueling schedule that I don't think I'd ever be able to do again today. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I got it done. You did. I remember you, um, uh, the, the the one of the things this is going to sound really creepy so forgive me but whenever you post in in marvel masterpieces collectors i always save the posts mm-hmm. because a it's good to look back on and some of the tidbits of backstory that you've given right. us that are great and b because i knew it would be handy for uh, whenever we uh, ended up being right. able to speak to you and and you mentioned about the sketches and you did post once that you you'd only did 25 i'm reading what you t- typed here you only did sketches for the first 25 of the 92 masterpieces as the schedule became incredibly tight and i just went straight to paint with no editorial input on the last 74 base cards and then you posted a picture of the Xerox you found of Black Cat. So of course yeah. I'm sitting there fanning myself <laughs> like some old Southern Belle on the uh, on the um, on the New Orleans um, seafront. But um, so so that's what you were alluding to with the schedule. You know, the, the this old sketches and well, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I did. I was I, I well, my first my first thought was to do them in 25 card blocks and just have them approved, and I would do those, and I would do the next 25. So I did the first 25, and I penciled up fairly tight tight sketches for them um uh I, I did like loose breakdowns first and then i did a, a tighter pencil of them to uh to bring up the model for for approval and uh i started to realize though with the time schedule that i had if they started they started asking for little minute changes and corrections on the sketches and i was like you know i have three months to paint 100 paintings you know uh, uh you know add more mole men can you can you can you move this guy's hand uh, and i was just kind of like you know, I, I I did those. I sent them in, but then I, I I just started to do paintings. I did I did loose characters. I did really loose, really loose sketches. Yeah. Which I'll tell you I'll tell you more about those in a little while. I did really loose break uh, for for each card for myself. Uh, they weren't really finished sketches, but they were like loose breakdowns. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some of them changed obviously from my initial ideas. You know, I uh, uh, you know because you're just jotting out stuff this for yourself like really loose circular like block ends um uh uh but i never submitted any more sketches after that i submitted the first 25 and i said if i keep submitting sketches and they keep asking for changes i'm never going to be able i'm never going to get these done yeah so i did i just did paintings after that i did a loose breakdown for myself i did a slightly tighter pencil on tracing paper so i could transfer it down to the board and then uh, I, I did, and then I did the paintings from here, and just sent, I was just sending paintings in in ten card blocks, I think, at that point. But I, I, I had to submit sketches for for the entire card set and wait for approvals and changes and stuff like that. That that set would never ever have gotten done. It barely got done as it was. Yeah, I mean, it came out. It, it came out in October '92, I believe. Right. When what what kind of time frame was it between you kind of finishing that that chunk of work and it coming out? I, Do you remember? Part of the job. 
uh, in March, I believe. So I March, April, May, no, March, April. When did I start the job? I finished it right before San Diego that year because they wanted to do San Diego. So San Diego, I think it was July. So it was uh, July, June going backwards. I, I probably started them in April, beginning of April. Gotcha. Uh, them at uh, the end of June, no, April, or May. When, when did I start? Them? I know, I know, I finished them in like ninety days. So it, it ninety-two days. So I probably started them beginning of April. So I had April, May, and June right. to finish. Gotcha. And they were done like right before uh, San Diego in July. I finished the last one. Wow! Wow! So, wow, so, wow. so was San Diego not in October? Was San Diego meant to be promoting? That it was coming was that was that the idea or was it a different thing yeah we had a whole big panel there and i was signing the promo cards uh in oh, san diego yes. that's right I was, uh, that, that's there's a photo of me um at at the the skybox booth actually there's several photos of me and ken ken baroff and Bob that's, that's ah, right that's where that photo that's was right. from okay yeah i remember that yeah yeah because we saw that photo and then we tracked down ken first yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we were like let's get ken <laughs> down yeah. the line and he was, right he was lovely I finished those and they 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 went into production and then we got the promo cards done and they were they did the promo cards for San Diego and actually in San Diego I had to do a quick correction on the Wonder Band card. Uh, yes. Bob Bob asked me if I would do a correction because uh, Wonder Man was an actor and I had him with the Oscar on his bicep and at the last right. minute they were sort of antsy about having the Oscar in it because the Oscar's copyrighted and they're fairly litigious as far as protecting their their trademark. So I had to paint in my hotel room. I painted a little Wonder Man statue that they superimposed um on the trading card for the for the final card but, but ironically when they did those comics later on they used the original painting with the with the oscar and, oh. and, and well, you look at the book it's the actual painting with the oscar and nobody ever caught it i hadn't <laughs> spotted that i hadn't spotted that at all i'm going to be digging in wow. i've got it here I'm, I'm not going to dig into it right now um i when when i was um um looking through some issues of marvel age magazine as as you do i found marvel age magazine issue 117 and 118 and 118 is the one that came with the hulk promo okay the little polybag there's a two-part article about marvel masterpieces and there's images of bob uncle bob uh-huh. looking at the, oh, looking yeah. at the stuff i forgot all about these yeah um and then there's photos of yourself and it does make me laugh i i often wonder if these were candid ones or if if you actually posed and you're whispering stuff to each other while you're doing it there's photos of yourself and bob (laughs) no that's us going to get they're they're not posed we were actually going over some stuff and there was something elliot was the photographer and he was in there just snapping pictures as we talked about stuff yeah um these these are cool i'm gonna what i'm gonna do is uh, i i i Actually, I'd love to scan that stuff for the book. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to scan them in for this episode. So I'll scan them in high res um, at the okay. office. We've got, we can go up to 600 DPI, yeah. and I'll, I'll Dropbox them over to uh, yeah. Google Drive them over to you. Um, but I'll put them on the tasting notes as well for our listeners because it's a fantastic little, little um, article. It does have some of your um, concept sketches in there, one for Namor, one for, I think that's She-Hulk. Mr. Fantastic. Great. Right. I love it. Okay. It's like a little time capsule. And then, of course, part two, the following issue, um, which is the one that had your um, uh, one of the promo cards. And there she, there she is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Staying with the, with the sketches, um, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the pencils that I did, I did the pencils after I did those really loose initial sketches. Mm. I 
I did uh, slightly tireder ones on tracing paper. And what I would do then is I would tra- use the tracing paper as a transfer sheet to transfer the drawing onto the, onto the board that okay. I was painting. Wow. You know? I had a bunch of those. I kept a bunch of those over the years. And I think I sold them in like one fell swoop to some guy at a con one time because I, I had a genius bad. So, I mean, they're, they're, somebody has them. You know, they have the graphite on the back of them and stuff like that, you know, from where I transferred them down. So those those things exist. I don't know who has them or who I sold them to, but I know it was it was a good 20, 25 years ago that I sold them. It's um, one of the interesting things when we spoke to Dave Palumbo recently, um, he did a similar thing um, because he actually very kindly sent to me the uh, the uh, tracing paper outline he'd done for Black Cat uh, before he does it on the. what type of board was it that he uses for the prelims, Noren? Um, it starts with an M, Knight, Masonite. Mason, uh, uh, Masonite. Ma- Masonite, that's it. Masonite. Masonite. Um, because what Upper Deck did with that is that you could actually get the preliminary paintings that he'd done as, in, uh-huh. as incentives. So in the um, – and they did, they did a similar thing for um, – uh, Simone's work in 2018. You get a oh, redemption card and you can get big- one of the – I have to do color prelims with this stuff because I just, you know, I, I was just mm. winging my, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, I yeah. Think- I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to have, cause you were kind enough to reach out to me, which again, thank you so much, by the way, I have the, uh, the surfer one you did where you planned it. I guess it was for the graphic novel and it was kind of reminiscent to silver surfer one Bushema. And that yeah. was the post. Yeah. And um, it's so cool to see that. And I remember, we talked a little bit because you were like, oh, I want to do something nice for the group. And you were talking about putting the preliminary, well, the tracing paper, the oh, transfer for stuff for, yeah. for 2016. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you put that stuff out there, people love that, man. People were so happy to get those pieces. It's so yeah, cool that you did that. If I had known, I would have hung on to all of them. So, so many of them got trashed because once they once, once they were done, they had graphite all over the back of them. And, you know, I just fucked them because the painting was what, what, the, what I really needed, you know. And, and yeah. I, I never never occurred to me that people would want the the, the 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 transfer sheets but i cleaned them up as much as possible i took up the graphite you know from the back and stuff like that so that they weren't that much of a mess but yeah i i i was surprised that i chucked out so many of them that's yeah. so cool they're lovely they're lovely pieces for for, for, for the us mere mortals who can't afford the original art uh, not that it's not worth it but um it's it's a i like nice, all the production stuff to, yeah and it feels yeah. like you've got part of the dna of of, of yeah the set. it's I awesome I love seeing painters' preliminary studies and and and, and stuff like that because especially for me because I like seeing the thought process. So I, I agree with you. Mm. You see the finished painting, but to see how they got to that 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 place, I always find fascinating. Yeah, yeah I we love that stuff. I mean, I I I'm a big. I have I have I'm very fortunate to have a couple surfer pieces from different artists where it was the thought process, and that to me is is everything to me. Like, of course, you love the final pieces, obviously, but like you don't get to see that stuff printed. So when right. like when your book came out for the 16 set specifically, it was so wonderful to see that because, you know, it is exciting to see you go through that process, you know, and I love, I love seeing the thoughts of the poses because when you, oh, I love that book. Oh, oh love Ian showing the 2016 book. It's so good. Um, well, you know, you were talking about when you were doing the 92 pieces and obviously I'm sure everyone tells you this, but Thank you for spending the time for actually getting the characters' personalities in there. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. I, people very. You know, it it seems like a really small thing, but it's not often done where you have someone who 
like someone knows how to make that gambit picture read gambit you know what i mean like there's just like that black cat reads black cat that's my biggest consideration because it's really easy to do generic poses you know and just stick whatever character into whatever generic pose but if it doesn't if it doesn't really emote the character then i don't i don't think it's it's a successful you know so yeah in addition to to do decent cards i really wanted to try as much as possible to to capture what made each character that character yeah you know uh and and i'm, I'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm glad people appreciate that because you're right it is a small thing but it's i think it's a really important thing that 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 helps make the card that much more engaging yeah yeah it's the truth no, it's, it's the truth of the character in it i think that's why it appeals yeah. so much to people who are you know whether you collect the set and obviously 92 is a, a very um uh, beloved set to collect as well. You know, you can get the whole yeah. set. Um, unlike, unlike some of the modern ones. Because at the time that I had to do that set that I, I lifted a bunch of poses from different places, you know what I mean? But, but if I did, I kind of morphed it into something that I needed for the character I was doing, you know what I mean? Cause there was just, there was just no way that I, I was going to be able to sit there. So yeah, I mean, if, if you go through, I'm not going to tell you which ones, which ones to look for. <laughs> You'll be there there are certain pieces that were lifted from somewhere else just to get that card set done. You Save know, that but- for the book. Save that for the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little tip I think you've probably got quite a lot of a lot of um, trivia in there that you'll you'll publish the book and then it'll be like three months later you'll be like mother always got to type that in. You know, um, always always the way. Um, talk about very quickly just for my own personal curiosity because one of the things that I loved when I um, started the Masterpieces group was I, I went on a tear of finding these um, images of the flyers for the promo tour that you went on. Yeah. So obviously you've had a chance to catch up on life and sleep and probably do some laundry and get back to a regular sleeping plan right. and things like that. And then all of a sudden you're off on this whirlwind. It was, was it like a week you went? It was like, it was like, it was like I, I think it was five states and something like seven days or so. You know, it was over yeah, seven God. And, yeah. and signing, and and I guess that's aside from San Diego Comic Con, I guess that's probably your first kind of insight as to how the set is being received. What what kind of? Yeah, yeah. I, well, it was the first. Yeah, I mean, the, the San Diego was were just the promo card, so people didn't know what to expect. Mm. You know, I mean, I I know one of our biggest fears when that set came out is like Death of Superman was the same year and right around the same time. And we were really worried that the Death of Superman would overshadow the Marvel Masterpiece cards because Death of Superman was such a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that was that really was my first inclination um, as to how big that set was. I I think I had done a signing at a Staten Island, Jim Hanley's universe on Staten Island before that. or maybe it was, I, I really don't remember, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, that, that I was, I was not ready for what that set had become that quick. Was it, was it quite overwhelming? The, the response? Cause there are a bunch of photos. Yeah. There, 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 we, we keep alluding to a book that we, we'll get to in a little while. We'll get to Don't you worry. It was from, from the different, uh, from the different signings. They have photographers taking pictures and the, the crowds were absolutely insane. Uh, I, I was I was shocked. I was really shocked at, at every single location how how busy the stores were and how many people came out to get those mm-hmm. cards signed. Like they they just could they kind of, they I, I don't think any of us really knew what that set would become. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was just a really cool project, and it was the next progression in Marvel's card sets. They went from doing the pickup art that they would use on the Marvel Universe cards, then they did the the dedicated Jim Lee set. So the next set was obviously let's do a painted set, you know, a, a dedicated painted set. And uh, it was just, it was a card set. 
you know, and, and it became, you know, uh, lack of a better word, a phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, the set, the set is in such a way it's weird. Cause like 1990 Marvel universe, you get artists like Tom Morgan, you know, you got Jim Lee, you got everyone in the bullpen right. kind of hanging around doing the actual books that are you know, doing characters from the books they're working on. So there's this beautiful symmetry right, there. And then Jim Lee gets his own set and then you do this painted set. And in a strange way between those three sets, right in that grace period, the DNA for Marvel cards kind of starts, you know, and yeah. like, I, and I'm sure it was Bob or, or whoever was creatively looking at the graphics of, you know, designing the cards, but they did such a smart thing where they put that gold border around mm-hmm. the card. And then the gold nameplate and it has the blue and the black like layered kind of thing. And it just feels elegant. The back is marbled. You have the issue. You have a great write up on the characters. I don't think people realize and I hope, you know, upper deck and, and it's such an important thing. But the stuff that's written on the back of the cards was like vital. Yeah. yeah. You know, I vital know. to see that. But the character's first appearance on the back of the cards also, which there was like- it gave us some context and some history, mm-hmm. you know, which, which really, really all all worked toward making that set something really, really special and historical as far as Marvel Comics history goes. hundred percent. And it kind of built that DNA. And, and yeah. I mean, we joke around and we, we talk about you all the time on the show, but, you know, you really are the the grandfather, the the kind of head figure of this. You know, it's 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 a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, and like I said, in, in, in hindsight, in hindsight, it's amazing because I, I none of us thought of it that way at the time. It was just like the next natural progression for the card set, you know, and and, and what what it, how it changed the industry as far as painted trading cards went. Um, it's really, something to look back on, you know. It, it, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Did you? Um, I think you mentioned in another post you you got asked to then do the follow up like the next year, ninety three. Yeah. Yeah, after 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 that set came out, uh, and then we realized what a big mess it was. Um, I was up in the offices, and they had they had asked me um, uh, if I would be interested in doing the follow up set. Obviously, why wouldn't you ask me? I did the, I did I did that set. That set was so so it was so successful, and I was interested. But I said, so am I going to have more time for this one, or is the schedule about the same? Because I don't I don't think I could do that again. I mean, I. The, the the schedule was so tight that that I was constantly hearing how they might have to farm out the last ten cards, you know, to get somebody to do it. And I was like, No, you're not. <laughs> I just I'm not going to paint ninety cards and have you give the last ten to yeah. somebody. Else. Which is why That's they didn't right. put your name on the advert. Yeah, well, that that and I and I never noticed that until somebody else pointed it out. And I asked about that, and they said, Well, we weren't sure you, that you would get the card set done. Yeah, but I, them, you know, that that was the one. That was the one thing. That I think Ken got wrong was that that they they I was the one who said I may not get this card set done. Uh, they told me they were worried about me not getting the card set done. Oh really? And I, I and I was like I you know, I will kill you if you give, bring somebody else in on this card set after I did nine cards. I, I it's my card set, you know. So I I just doubled down and I and I got the set in on time. But yeah, so they asked me if I would do the ninety three set, and uh, I was definitely interested in doing it. But the schedule was basically the same. You know, and I was, can't, I can't do it. I, 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 I want to do it. I just don't see how I'm going to be able to put myself through that again. Because really, I, I was, I was still, I still have PTSD from that schedule. Think <laughs> about uh, doing it again. I just didn't think I'd be able to do it. So um, that's that's how that whole multi artist thing came about. And in order to get me involved in that set, 
what they did was they took the the paintings that I had done for the books when they then when the books came out, the Marvel Masterpiece series, collectors editions that yeah. that four series, in order to, for a sales incentive, um, so that people weren't be buying the same images again. They asked me if I would do five new pieces for each one of those books. So I did, and they gave me a list of characters, and I did five pieces for each one of the books. Um, five of which were then later used as lost cards in the tin set. The lost ladies, yeah, cards. They were never done for the '92 set. They were done for the books. So any any card that was done for the '92 set was in the '92 set. There were no there were no excised cards. You know, so that was a whole sales pitch thing uh, with the tin set. The lost cards wow. they weren't they weren't lost. They were done for the books. They are and beautiful then, though, and they're stunning. They were, yeah, I, I, I tell you the funny part about doing those because I did those months after the fact with the, with the from the time I did the card set, I had to try and match my style that really like quick choppy style I used on the cards. I had to redo that on those cards. So I oh, basically wow. fell through the same kind of schedule on those things just so I can try and maintain that look. You know, they, so they do maintain like, the look. That's so surprising to hear there. I mean, they're like, like Deathbird yeah. and Jubilee, like they have they that same tone. It would have, and I did. I made sure I did them in the same media. You know what I mean? That that that, that I did those in just because if I had not now, now that I have more time for each painting, if they look too polished or too finished, yeah. they're not like the rest of the card set. Yeah. So I, I I made a concerted effort to make them to do them at the same pace that I did the first cards, mm-hmm. so that they would match. See, but that's the longevity of the set because of thoughts like that. You know what I mean? That's that's the consideration that makes that set kind of live on as long as it has. It's spectacular. Wow, that's so amazing to hear. What? Yeah, so the, oh, they, ended up, they didn't use in the in the tin set they used then in the 93 set that to make them actual cards. You know, and that's a that piece that's in the in the 93 set was not a trading card. It's a big painting. That was done as lithograph for a place called uh, First Team Press, I believe. Um, and they something happened. They lost the license, the marble license. So that, that never got printed. So we decided to use that in the 93 card set just oh. to get. Yeah, I think I think the, the 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 card from the 93. I mean, I love Ian and I talk about this all the time. The 93 set. We absolutely adore, you know, Sinkovich. There's so many good people in there. You are in there. Um, that. Yeah. That Deadpool is iconic. I think that's probably one of the most iconic Deadpool cards of all time is from that 93 set. It's just amazing. Yeah. And Steranko's in it. And Steranko. Uh, yeah. Julie Bell, I think it was her first. Bell. Bell. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bell. So, yeah. She was telling, Julie, Julie was telling us that she was really good at metallics. So that's why they had her draw Surfer for 93. It's one of my favorites. Such a good card. That Surfer, Iron Man, all, all, all the stuff that had the uh, the, the metallic finishes to it. I know. Yeah. This is pretty funny. It's amazing. Did I, uh, forgive me if I've misread this, did I read somewhere that you're not a fan of drawing Iron Man? Yeah. Um, uh, you you might have read that once or twice somewhere, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I like organic stuff, um, which is why I, I you don't see a lot of sci-fi art from me because I, I, I think painting tech and machinery, it's not – so much creative as it is a technical endeavor um uh, and and it becomes less enjoyable for me there are guys who love that stuff i i don't, I don't particularly like it and uh what i found with iron man is that each guy who's taken over that book has successively made the comp the armor more complicated more difficult to draw you know so it, it's at the point now where unless you have a maquette or a model in front of you you know i, I was talking to frank Cho about this he hates iron man also because the the, the get armor to look right from every angle 
unless you design that armor, you know, or, or you have a, a technical facility for doing it is a real pain. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so I, Iron Man, just because of the difficulty in trying to realize that armor uh, as as it, as as it's gotten more difficult in in various positions, uh, I just don't enjoy doing them. You know, I, I I like Silver Age Iron Man. I'll do the George Tuska Gene Colon Iron Man all day. Oh long. yeah, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, the whole yeah. man, I'm not crazy about. Yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting because you look at you look at your Tarzan and you, you, your characters do have like a breathing type of thing to them. You know what I mean? They feel alive. You know, it's, it's uh, makes total sense to see that it, kind of comparison. A lot more fun for me. You know I mean? I, I mean, That's I can cool. do t- have to, you know, it, it, it's nice to know I can still, I can still do that, that when, when need be, I did a Wolverine cover a couple of years ago where he's running down like a corridor and it's, yes. yes. You know, and that was a lot of fun to do just because I don't do, do that kind of thing that often. But I, I my, yeah, my, my, my preference has always been more reality-based organic stuff as opposed to like mechanical things. Yeah. Very cool. That makes sense. That Wolverine cover, that was a Midtown Comics variant. If I'm that was right. a great one. That was a cool. I remember seeing that. I remember you showing that reveal and I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just charting it, so it, good. Tough one to beat as far as a Wolverine painting. It's, it's sort of my consummate Wolverine painting. Mm, I love the progress work, and it's one thing I love just generally, not just about that piece. Is 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 what you you will share in terms of your progress as you do them. I think with Wolverine, if I remember correctly, did did you change your 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 mind about the execution of it partway through? Yeah, the, the, I had the, I had the lighting overhead exploding and shards of glass everywhere, and, and a lot of beams of light coming out of it. And I just realized that that was a little bit too much. It was taking the focus away from what, what the what the, the focus should be, was which was Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So I kind of painted that out, um, and then and cleaned it up a little bit and gave it a little bit more of a of, of a, uh, a precise nature than that explosive thing that was going. Because there's so much going on in that painting there that is. that was too much. So you have to know when to dial it back. Yeah. Out of focus to view attention. As as with many good Wolverine uh, uh, depictions, there's a lot of motion, a lot of kinetic energy in there because that well, that's the character, I guess, yeah. to a degree. Um, I, I did I did actually get someone to track that down for me, and then I gifted it to a Wolverine collector earlier this year because it, oh, it would be much better place in his collection than than in mine. I've, I've decided to focus with the number of um, front covers that you've done. It got it became un, unwieldy to collect them all with the volume of comic books I yeah. have here. Um, so I've just stuck to your corner boxes. Oh my uh, god, the corner boxes! The that, cor- that 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 that's a personal pet project that I, I enjoy the hell out of. You know, that, that, killed that, it. That, that's that's all about me. You know, pleasing myself at this point. You know, yeah, I love them. I love, I love them. I've got almost. I think I'm missing two. I've even got the one that was exclusive to the Boston Con. Uh-huh. Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, um, and it's a. So, uh, I think you. I think you were there signing. Uh, yeah, for that one. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I've got a signed copy um, of that um, that I, I snagged off eBay. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to doing a bunch more of them. My original intent with those, I planned on doing those for years, but you can never find the time because you know paying work. Yeah. Uh, yep. And, uh, a friend of mine and a collector had said, well, listen, how about I commission a few of you? You know, so I know you want to do them. So he commissioned, he, I did the Spider-Man, I think the Hulk, the Captain America, uh, the Submariner. And I can't remember what the other one was. He he, he commissioned five of them. I think it might've been the Vision. Um, and I did those. And I really liked the way they came out and response to them was was kind of cool. You know, so I, I did a few more. I did a few more for myself. And then I had a banner, my my cover photo on my page. 
what were the, the ones I'd done up to that point. And I was like, I'm either going to get in trouble for doing these or I, I, and Joe Casada had seen them and he said, these are really cool. I, I love how these came out. And then about, I don't know, a month or so later, I got an email from Marvel going, Hey Joe, do you have time? We'd like to talk to you about something. I went, ah, shit. I, I said, I'm going to get in trouble for the, <laughs> you know, cause I was making prints out of them and stuff. And, uh, I, they, I, 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 I called them up and they were like, we really love these. And, you know, we want to know if you want to do a whole cover series. We want to do a, like a, a, a whole variant cover series based oh, wow. on. And I thought it was great that they contacted me to do them because a lot of times they'll just see the, Hey, this is a cool idea. And then they'll just farm them out to other people, but they wanted me to do them. And, and, and that's how my original approach is to do this, all the sixties boxes first and move on to the seventies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and Temporary, but I had to do some more contemporary characters for those covers that I did. So I, there's a Spider Gwen and there's, yeah. there's the yeah. Marvel. But you try to retrofit them, you know, to to look like like old corner boxes. And since since the corner boxes, except for the Submariner, as far as you know, the Jumpy Sema did, they were all pickup art. If you look at the old corner boxes, mm. you find the original image in the comics. You know, you just have to know where to look for them. Um, so what I did when I did, when I had to do the contemporary ones, I tried to find clip art basically from, from so different smart. artists who were, who were, you know, affiliated with that character to use as the corner boxes, you know? And, and, oh. and so I, I tried to keep up there. That's why they all say after somebody else. Yes. You keep up, keep up the idea that, that the corner box is a clip art from inside the books, you know? That's so cool. I was I was so close to getting the surfer one and I was like, okay, I cannot eat for six months. Maybe I can do it. Like I don't it's a good weight loss plan. It might work out in my favor. Um, but no, that's so funny you said that about the retro ones. Cause I was wondering, I was like, man, how's he gonna pull that off? Because they don't, you know, they don't really do that now. And it's it looked like it, you know what I mean? It looked like it was imagined back then. And I never realized that they were retrofitted and, and the surfer always looked familiar because I know that pose very well. Right. But I never, I never, it never com- completely connected for me. And I love the, the size you did them on too, and the dimensions. Like that was, that's great. It was just such a great. Yeah. Great when, when, when I was making prints out of them, like there's such, that's such an odd size. You know, I don't know if people are gonna like these or not because they're not really posters. They're, they're. I think the prints are 25 by seven and a half or something. I'm like, who's gonna want? You know, yeah. are these gonna prints? And man, people absolutely love them. They absolutely love them. You know, and then Marvel. Uh, the, the 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 wood plaque things that they're selling in like Hobby Lobby and and, and other places. So yeah, I, I it's I guess it was just it's something I hit upon, you know, because I, I I when I just when I did the commissions for the guy, they weren't supposed to be mocked up as corner boxes. And I some I and I suddenly said to myself, well, you know, how do I do this? You know, let me see what these look like actually mocked up as the actual boxes. So th- that became a whole endeavor in itself because I had to I had to make sure that that the colors that I chose for the backgrounds, I don't know if you ever noticed on the corner boxes, they match the logo. They match the Marvel for that month. So I had to find then the books that had that, that logo that matched up with the background color I picked to make sure. And then the month and the years had to, had to match. So what I did was I did a lot of, lot of copying and scanning and, 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 and cutting in. Like I, I, um, Asgard press did these great Marvel comics calendars, the cover uh, cat for about 10 years until they, until the, they, they, they didn't 
didn't get the license renewed. So I would scan those, or I'd scan the, the original comics that I had, and I would take like the October from one and the one from another one, and and I and I I cobbled those boxes together in Photoshop to get them to match the actual month and the number. And so they're a bit of a pain to put together, uh, <laughs> but the end result is, is, and I've done enough of them at this point where aside from maybe changing, changing the number and the date on them, I can just, I can just put the, 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 the image into a cover now because I have so many different color logos already mocked up from all the different, different boxes I've done. So it's, it, it's a less, lot, lot less time consuming now than it was initially when I was actually building those boxes for every print, you know? Wow. I mean, I know you're busy with so much, but a book on that one day, man, that'd be crazy because there's uh, so much research on that. It's so brilliant. I, the, uh, the, 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 the existence of that in the future. <laughs> well, listen, if they ever make it into trading card form, I'm so there. Oh my God. I'm so there. Yeah. How do you do yeah. that? I, I, I talked to somebody also about how do you do those as trading cards? You know, that's it, that, that would be kind of tough with the, you can't, I, I mean, they did those those oblong. If you remember the oblong, the double sized cars they did, like they, they, I think the widescreen ones. Yeah, there was the man one, and I think I think Lady Death did did did, did yeah. those. Yes, the widescreen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, they would be uniquely sized cars if if if, if you ever did those as cars if you wanted to do the corner box, but then the image would be really small, you know. So I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. Well, listen, um, I, I, I love them. Uh, we've, we've massively segued there, but that's brilliant because I love, I just love those corner boxes. So I had to bring them up. I had it on my list of things I wanted to say that I, I think are really cool. Um, so can we time jump now? Cause I don't, I don't want you to, it's not like a job interview where you have to give your resume for the last 30 years. Or anything like that. Um, let's time jump to, Marvel Masterpieces 2007, which is okay. Upper Deck's first right. um, Marvel set, I believe. Um, and they did three of them, one in 2007, two in tw- 2008. And that was the 15th anniversary. So we've just gone 15 years into the future. Right. Did you, because uh, you did the um, box art for right. that one. Um, so how did that come about? What, what do you remember about, about that? that uh, marker. Uh, it was is a friend of mine, and he was one of the art directors and editors up at up at uh, Upper Deck at the time. And uh, he emailed me and asked me if I and said that they were going to be doing a new Marvel masterpiece set. Um, I think it was I think it was mostly preprint art, right? Yes, it was from yeah. their versus system set. Right, right, right. But and he they asked me if I'd be interested in, in doing the box art for it. So uh, yeah, sure. And then nothing really really substantial about how, how that came about it's just they they called me up and asked me if i had time to do the box art and i said mm. well, the, the, really cool. well, they told me the characters they wanted on the cover gotcha uh, the painting and i just took it from there gotcha well the, the um the interesting thing about that is that they did use they cut i think the, the hulk they they cut a section of the end of the image because it's a long image oh. um, and it was one of the cards in the set Ah, okay. Yeah. So it did actually make. So you did actually have your first new Marvel Masterpieces card, even though it didn't end up being created <laughs> as a Masterpieces. I don't, I don't know that. All right. Yeah. Okay. That, that's cool. Um, and then there's that oversized promo, that kind of five by seven. Oh yeah, I I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That too. I know. I know the promo card. Yeah, because I've got your John Hancock on one of them in my collection. Yeah. There, so. <laughs> yeah. For uh, uh, space in the middle of it, I think the sign. 
That's right. Yeah. That's right. I still need an unsigned one for my master set of 20, 2007. <laughs> 2007 is the set that got me properly into MasterCard. So it's my kind of uh-huh. patient zero, if you like. Um, so, yeah, um, we've waxed lyrical about that one uh, for a long time. Um, tell me about then, probably judging by the timeline as we understand it and from what was in your book, right. tell us about getting the call 20 years after 92, right. give or take, from Upper Deck about a potential of a set? Okay. Well, I I had always, uh, ever since I did that first set, um, I, I, I it bothered me how quickly they were done. Uh, you know, and I kind of always felt that it wasn't my, the best work I could do, obviously, because I had to blow through them. Um, but I, I, just to segue for a second, I've been going back through that set recently and it's it's nowhere near as as rough and unfinished as I remember it being. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I'm kind of kind of amazed at the amount of work I was able to get into those cards. So they're not that. I mean, they're they work. They're they're they're, they're great trading cards. I still they they still weren't the best work I could have done. You know what I mean? They were like I said they were they were colored pencil. They were everything. So I had always wanted to go back and revisit that and have enough time to do what I do on that card set. Cause I was always kind of envious that after like the, you know, the, after the first couple sets, people were getting a year and a year and a half to work on a card set, you know, yeah. the Hillebrand had, had a year and a half or something like that or two years and Boris and Julie had a year and a half or two years. And I was like, Jesus, you know, it, it's, I, I had three months, they've had, you know, two years. Um, so obviously the paintings are, are going to be that much better and that, that, that much more finished. So I had always, I'd always wanted the opportunity to go back. Uh, and, and revisit and 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 kind of show what I could do with yeah. the card set. Um, and I, I I had approached them a couple of times that they that I, I they weren't ready yet at that point to do a whole new uh, card set. Uh, and then uh, a few years after after I, I thought about it because I wanted to do the twentieth anniversary, uh, and that didn't work out. And uh, and then they finally around the twenty fifth anniversary they, they they gave me a call like right before the twenty fifth anniversary um, to do the card set. Um, and I was really happy with the opportunity to, to finally have enough time to to revisit it and 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 I, I and I think put my all into the set. We missed the twentieth anniversary. No, which, 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 like I said, I, I approached them for the twentieth anniversary, and it just didn't come about. Mm. But then I think for the twenty fifth, um, they decided that it might be a good idea to uh, to do a set. Yes. So you got okay. This is just the craziest thing. So now we got twenty sixteen Marvel masterpieces, which is just still like the most drool worthy set of all time it's just amazing um the excitement's always buzzing in there people are just can't wait for the set they're so excited so you've approached the 92 they're smaller pieces right. you're going into 2016 what's the pregame where are you at in your head like what's what's your battle plan for this set well i knew i was going to have more time to work on it so i could do larger uh larger paintings and, and spend more time on them uh, my, my technique at that point, as, as I was asked earlier, I had now shifted and refined itself to it's all acrylics at this point. I've learned how to do them. I'm very proficient with them. Um, so I felt that, that, that the paintings were going to, were going to be that much more, but that much better and that much more finished, uh, and look more like actual paintings than painted comic book drawings. Like a lot of the, 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 the 92 set looked, um, 
so I, I, I decided that uh, I had to pick a size that would give me enough room to work, but still be small enough to be expeditious. Uh, so I settled on, on, I think it was 10, 10 by 14, um, which was, which was the right size because I could, and also because I could take an illustrator, 20 by 30 illustration, but cut it in half and I can get yeah. to paint or four painting, four paintings out of it, you know? Wow. You know, so it, it was, it was a matter of having enough time, having enough space to actually work and also, um, being economical with, with the with with with, with the boards because the boards are <laughs> not the cheapest things in the world to come by. Yeah, of course. No, so you're you're going full acrylic acrylics on this. Now this is this is uh, now I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. I'm I'm a dorky person, okay, and I'm geeking out over here. So I I am I'm embarrassing myself, and that's okay. Was there any? Because I always look at 92 and I look at 16, and I think. Is there like a continuation of the stories from the 92 pictures to like the 2016 pictures? Because there are some interesting, really amazing connections between like, you know, how they like, you know, be, between your decisions for doing the characters again in a, right. a different way, a different approach. I just wondered, like, is there anything that you remember for any particular character or anything you want to talk to in terms of choosing those poses for the 2016 set? No, not, not really. I, I mean, I, 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 the first set was the first set. I, I did a lot of like uh, sort of homages to to their first issues. Like the, the Doctor Octopus in the first set had the atomic plant behind them, and the, and the lizard had the, the 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 swamp behind them. So I tried to I tried to 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 reach as far back into like each character's history as possible um, to uh, to for, for that first set. The second set was just by coming up with images that I thought thought exemplified the character and yeah. poses. Worked for them. so there was no 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 conscious connection to, to the ninety two set. It was simply coming up with with poses that I thought worked. And I mean the 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 black hat on the building thing. It's a theme. It's a theme that carried over from the first set, but it's a lot more involved this, yeah. this time. Around. Yeah. You know, uh, that you know, it's like I said. I, I tech and scenery and, and and buildings and stuff are always a pain, but. It's nice to know I can still do it when I have to, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they look. Yeah, understatement. You definitely could do it. Yeah, it's spectacular. There are certain places where you that, that, that there's no other option. You know what I mean? That they and you have to do it and pull it off if you have to do it. Yeah, you know, like Iron Man thing, fan foom. It's like you've done that Iron is Man, a crazy piece, but he's fairly small. <laughs> that is just a crazy piece. That sums up my my position on Iron Man right there. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. No further questions. Uh, defense rest. It's a crazy right. piece, though. Um, it's, so good. it's interesting you mentioned the. Um, oh, I love that Hulk. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the Black Cat because didn't you did a um, uh, one of the Marvel poster series in the mid eighties of Black Cat? Yeah, um, and she was. I think I think there was slightly more going on in the in the piece, if I remember correctly. But I still remember there being a rooftop involved. There was a roof. There was yeah. top and. He was holding a jewelry case, and there was a jeweler's window downstairs. The interesting thing, thing about the the black cat piece uh, in the 2016 set was I had done a cover for a thing called uh, Night Cat back around 1990 or 91. Uh, that Marvel, it was a cross promotion thing with some girl who was like a club singer, and they did a comic book based on her. So that pose on the the black cat piece was actually one of my initial poses for the Night Cat painting. And I had the wow. sketch in my files for the longest time. And I was like, I, and when I was putting the set together, I, you know, I was going through old sketches and see if to spark any ideas and stuff. And that initial pose was, I have a real loose 
like marker marker like sketch out of that pose mm-hmm. and i decided that was that's, well, here's my chance to use it it's perfect for the black hat so i reused it then on this black hat painting that's so fantastic so there's something else that i want to ask about 16 um i know at one point and uh you know upper deck has uh certain characters are banned at, at some point yeah. around the time you kind of start this in, in 2013 i think or yeah, or, yeah. and yeah and you know there's some characters like surfer i'm very just so lucky that it made it to the set because i absolutely adore it um it's one of my favorites and it was so interesting to see the cars that came later like you did a galactus um yeah, I- Odd, but when I started to get the, you know, there are no fly list of, of characters. Right. I, the Fantastic Four were originally in the queue, uh, and wow. I, and I had uh, um, the Human Torch drawn up, and I had painted the Reed Richards one at that point already. And then I got the word that Marvel now has has taken BFF off the table across the board, you know, because they were having a dispute with the with 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 was Paramount, I think. Fox, I think, Fox. yeah. Oh, they just discontinued the FF. So even though the FF, the, the Mr. Fantastic card was done, they pulled now all of the FF. Um, and oddly, they left the surfer, right? They, they pulled almost anything connected to the FF and any, any, any characters. But they left the surfer. They took out Galactus, but left Dr. Doom. So I found, I, I found the choices weird because you would think that Dr. Doom would be the main FF yeah. villain. You know, and and but they left him in there. They left the surfer, but took out Galactus. You know, so there there was it was it, it was weird the characters that they 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 chose to eliminate. I, I found that a bit incongruous with with who I thought yeah. together. If you're gonna have the surfer, you kind of got to have Galactus. Um, but I always and the Galactus one was already penciled up also. Um, so I, we we had to switch them out with 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 other characters, and I can't remember who else got switched out. Uh, who they got switched out for but uh yeah I, I always knew that if 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 we did uh a book that i would want to do some extra cards and i would probably add the ff in, in, into the book if i possibly could and uh, luckily we, we you know we're able to finish the that 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 big four because how do you have a marvel masterpiece set without the fantastic four yeah thank you you know i <laughs> I, I, I i i understood what their issue was but it just seemed weird to have a, a marvel masterpieces without the ff Speaking my language makes sense. No, they're beautiful in the book. All kidding aside, they're gorgeous. There we go. We, but with upper deck, uh, they said, well, we might do, if, if the FF is approved again, maybe we could do sort of like a, an, an amended mini set and make them into cards for the 2016 set. You know, but of course that, that, that <clears throat> it was, it was just an idea that was bandied about, you know, at some point. Yeah, they are, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they've made it into a book. They are they are stunning uh, pieces. They really are. Um, what I love also in the book is the inclusion of the sketch cards that you did for the yeah. set, um, which I know you did some for Marvel Premiere in 2017 as well. Are, are they? How 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 do you find working on sketch cards? I load them. I, I really. I, it's it's really I mean, I'm I'm a painter and yeah you know I mean it takes to do them I that, that's why I, I mean they wanted fully painted sketch cards I was like I'm I'm painting 135 paintings I'm not doing fully painted sketch cards also so I came up with a, with a, with a sort of a nice medium where they're 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 colored drawings which I think worked out pretty well you know they, they look they are, great yeah I, I'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm glad people like them it's uh, you know it's if if I do like sketch card commissions now I'll do a fully painted sketch card okay. but. Uh, 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Um, I, I, I find the, the size really prohibitive and restrictive. Uh, and, and, you know, my eyes are 63 years old now. It's not the easiest thing to work on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I imagine. Well, <laughs> I still, I still got mine over here that you did for that gentleman where you did the, for giving you oh, the full set yeah, yeah. or whatever. So I still have my surfer over here, which That's I, wonderful. which I adore. But I remember you mentioning that about the sketch cards, but they came out great. Yeah, they, they, like they always look good, man. Yeah, I, I, I was happy with because I, I, I again, it, it took a second to figure out how to approach them, you know, and still make them look kind of really cool and in color. And I think they worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you also did some for 2012, but they were much bigger. Um, oh, those, yeah, those those weird lenticular things, yeah. Yeah, man, those look, those look beautiful. Jane and Anna, I think, in those. Uh, but again, I tried to paint them in watercolors on on that cardstock, and they, they came out kind of grainy, and, and they're not. They're not. I, I wish I had taken the approach I took with these on those. Yeah, I paint. You know, just trying to paint them in sort of a watercolor technique because the cards didn't really take watercolor too well. They, yeah, um, and they change the materials on these sketch cards quite often too, like oh, from, from time to, to time. time. Even. Yeah, yeah, it changes from set to yeah. set. It's the reason I, I I hate sketch covers also because half of them are like drawing on wax paper, you know, and it's impossible. Yeah. Also, draw on them because the pencil doesn't hold, and if you try to ink them, and then it's it never dries completely because you smudge them. So I, I try to avoid sketch covers as much as possible. Also, ah, that right. makes I sense. About, I was about to ask for a friend if you ever did commissions on them, so I'll, I'll pass that back to him. Yeah. I, 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 I avoid them as much as I possibly can. Okay, cool. Noted, noted. I've got five copies of Black Cat number one blank <laughs> that I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. Um, can I just say, we, we talked earlier on about um, um, uh, that motion, that um, what was the expression you used, height of tension? Yeah. Um, this piece from 2016. I love that piece. Mary Jane. uh is one of my so my daughter's seven she's just turned seven and she's you, you know I, I i've got them i'm on pause with it at the moment because we had to move but i did the um daily masterpieces right. and it got to the point where because i'd be looking after her on saturday she'd have to come up she'd have to come upstairs for me because my wife was working and she'd have to help me choose the the card that was going to be on the daily masterpieces for that day because i'm not that organized that i do them ahead of time <laughs> and she'd invariably gravitate to Masterpieces 2016 and the female characters. And she she loves them. She absolutely loves them. And that, along with the Gwen Stacy and the Kitty Pride and Lockheed, because it's a cute little dragon on the right. shoulder. Lockheed's great. Um, she loves them. And I was trying, I was trying to figure out what it was that was most appealing, apart from the fact that she's identifying more with female characters in Marvel as as, as you would perhaps expect. And I think it's just the, the color palette on them, the vibrancy. Um, on the cards because it's really yeah they're really bright vibrant cards um, and you can tell you know you can see from from here that that's that's carried through from the original and that piece um, in particular like but it's there's just, just so much storytelling starting to music well I, yeah I, I was trying again I was trying to go back into the history of of, of her if, if you notice the dress the dress is dressed from the cover of Spider-Man 59 mm. when she dancing uh, which was really her personality, you know. I mean, when you first when he, when he first met her in in, in what was it forty two, in forty three, she's got the stereo and she's dancing. That that was yeah. the character. So the pop art, the pop art Peter Parker in the background, kind of fit the whole sixties vibe that I was trying to go for. Mm-hmm. You know, the retro sixties vibe thing I, I wanted to do with her, which I thought captured her personality perfectly. Yeah, so the, good. 
the mayor, the the Gwen actually, the Gwen I had originally envisioned. If you look at the, at, the, at the picture, and I based her on Carol Lindley, who I always after seeing the Poseidon Adventure, uh, she was dressed in the white, the white, the go-go boots and the skirt. I, I was like, she's Gwen Stacy. It's ridiculous that, that that's Gwen Stacy in the Poseidon Adventure. So I always thought that she made a, would make a great Gwen Stacy. So I, I used a portrait of her as the jumping off point. But I I paint, I wanted to paint it as if it was a photograph given to Peter. So I wanted to paint the frame around it mm. and have frame. And I had my wife write out uh, to Peter love, love Gwen. So it'd have a female's handwriting on it. Cause my handwriting looks like chicken scratch. And I, and I wanted the card to have that on there. And I don't think they, I don't think the card has the writing uh, and they, they didn't want to do the frame because they felt the frame, um, uh, kind of was, was too divergent from what the rest of the set was going to look like, you know, but I originally, I wanted the Gwen Stacy piece to be a framed picture of her that she gave to Peter. That was my I love. Concept. See, but that's, that's why you need those like pencil drawings because like for a fan of that card, you know what I mean? That just completes the storytelling in that card. It's just so good. So good. And I love the Spidey signals on the back and how it matches with, it was with just the other one. I, I, it's like, how, how can I, how can I keep that? I, I know. Cause I wanted to keep them both sort of like in that sixties pop art thing, but what do you do with Gwen? You know, if I'm doing a portrait shot of her. So I, I just came up with sort of the, with the, the circular spidey signal motif and it worked. I, I thought it worked out really well. Oh, it great. worked out great. I love it. It's really I, good. Background on the Gwen piece kind of is very pure, which is basically what that character was. Mm. You know, I wanted it to be. I don't know. I, 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 as opposed to the Mary Jane, which is really vibrant and 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 has a lot of movement to it, the Gwen piece I wanted it to be somewhat more pure and and, and virginal. Yeah. You know, and that, that one came out so yeah. good. It's so good. such a good one. Um, this is actually my second copy of this book, so I'm going to be gifting it to my daughter, but she doesn't know it yet. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I don't. She, she's barely going to be able to lift it because, my goodness me, if someone broke into your house in the middle of the night, you could just <laughs> clock them with this and game over. Um, An interesting uh, aside, also, uh, not to interrupt you, no um, I, ideas I had for the different cards, uh, the Frankenstein card. I think I, I think as my original version of it, my original intention was I wanted it like an old film strip. Cause I painted it. I painted it almost as a black and white movie, like a, 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 a monochromatic piece. Yeah. So I, 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 I Photoshopped it into the, the old film show. So it would look like an old movie. And that was another one that they felt was too divergent for what the rest of the set looked like. So it was printed just as a regular card, but that version into the book was I thought I, I really, I still love the idea. Your werewolf by night, the Frankenstein. I love all your monsters, man. They're so good in the set. Well, I specifically asked for them. It's, it's like instead of doing all the same characters over again, I wanted to have some input to, to paint characters I never had a chance to paint before. Yeah. So I asked for monsters. I didn't get Dracula because I think I don't know why, why we didn't do two of Dracula. But I asked for the Kirby monsters. You know, I, I asked I asked for a bunch of stuff. And I got, I think, I'd say 75, 75% of the characters that I wanted to paint, they agreed with and, and stuck in the set. Wow, that's fantastic. That is right. fantastic. I love it. I love it. I need to. I need to spend a little bit more time with this book. It's, um, of course, you've got the Captain America that that didn't didn't make it in, but that's a stunning yeah. Piece. Very first painting I did because they needed promo cards for San Diego that year, so they needed like a, a hero villain thing. So I wanted to do Captain America and the Red Skull, and the <clears throat> the Captain America piece, which I thought was perfect. Um, one of the guys who was in charge of licensing uh, didn't like it. He felt it was too. Um, 
too aggressive in a certain way and the way with 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 the, the you know the the flag bleeding and everything and i was like yes. and, and as much as i tried to explain because i was in the city when, the, when all that was happening i said well, i was a cop i'm gonna say cop you know it's like i grew up in manhattan I, well, a lot of my friends died down there i knew fire I, and he, he just wouldn't i said i get it you know that's then he just would not approve the card yeah. so he so they they they, they i don't think promo cards for San Diego that year because they didn't like this one. There was no time to repaint it. That's right. Because they did because wow. they did do in 2014 the oversized prints of Lady Sif and Deadpool. Right. Um, right. Which I, I know you you were there and you signed some of them because I, I did own them until until recently. But um but no that those are absolutely gorgeous. There's not actually that many promo we've talked about this on, on episodes before. Obviously back in 92 the way they market a set and the way they promote right. a set is very different. So you had, I think, six different promos for various magazines. You had, right. um, you know, Marvel Aids. There was one in Wizard. Uh, comic one, book price comic guide. Price guide with Silver Sir. And we had that poster, man. Do you know? I think, I think, I think you're. I think Ian, if this is right, I think Marvel Masterpieces 1992 is the only one that has like a full out poster. Yes, of Spider-Man. Um, I think that's it. It's like yes. Spider-Man and then the promo <laughs> cards lining on the side. I think that's the only one. I know you have a signed version of those too. They were also releasing those to the mass market back then. So you needed the posters for the comic stores and stuff. That's I right. mean, I had been out of it for so long. I didn't understand how the marketing of the cards had changed uh, for when I did this set. Because I had done these, really, because I signed more of those 92 cards than anything else I've ever signed. Mm. I mean day to this day i get i get tons of those cards at conventions because everybody and their mother had that card set and i constantly hear how <clears throat> excuse me how how that card set was meant so much to them because it was such a formative time in their life and you know it still blows me away but i do i sign more of those than anything else so when i did this card set it was kind of like you know i wanted it to be a thank you to all the people who supported me all these years because of the first set but Almost nobody knows that set exists except for the collector's market because the collector now goes directly to the collector's market. It wasn't advertised anywhere, you know. There, 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 were, there, were, there was no promotion for it. I handed in that last card set, that that last card, and within months, it was it was the distributors had it. You know, it, it went right into production, uh, and they, I don't think there was any press about it, you know, anywhere. It just it just it was just dropped on you guys. So I, 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 there are so many people who have no idea I even did another set because it's not mass market anymore, you know, which, I mean, which, when, yeah. yeah, it's a shame because when the set came out, most of us were buying it. I was still building my surfer collection. So I hadn't gone full ham on it. Like a lot of other people had started doing. And I think it started trickling out that people who were combo collectors, original art collectors, people, you know, and collectors of your work across every medium, you know, all the different sets and, and characters that you do were like, Whoa, he did another one. And all of a sudden it was a huge influx of people coming into Marvel cards for the first time. And it was the first time in Marvel cards that they kind of number everything and did a tier right. system because before right. that, like you were mentioning, you know, it was pretty mass produced. Yeah. Premium, same. and and it, mm. yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty, it was really our first. You know, we always had Premiere and some other sets that were numbered, but it was the first time where we had something that was like going to be uniformed and completely changed masterpieces forever. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, I, I, just like your '92 set, it set it off to a different path. You know. <laughs> Blame me again, God. In all the good ways, in all the good ways. I, I still don't understand 
uh, the tier system and why cards are worth. I, I, I don't. I, I, it's just I, it, it would it's it, it makes my brain bleed when I try to figure it out. People try to explain it to me, and I just don't get it. I, I get that that's what you guys do at this point, but yeah, I, I just I, I I don't understand it at, at all. It, it, it it's changed so much from the days of, of like mass market trading cards. It really has. It's a shame too because like Ian and I talk about this all the time, but like like I read comic books. Like gosh, dude, I I found out about the Surfer when I was seven and. You know, I've been reading comic books ever since then and stuff like that, you know, um, but in the 90s, because I was born in 85. So in the 90s, like when the cards came out, that was my introduction to these characters. Right. You know what I mean, it wasn't the books, unfortunately, you know, I just I wasn't around at that time. It was these cards. And because like yeah. so many of these cards talked about the bios and all this other stuff, it was lovely that it was mass produced. We talk about this all the time. Like we worry <laughs> about where Marvel cards are going to go because. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where's that love and that connection? And I really, and, I, and like I said, I, I, and so many people said, well, that's the first time I ever saw the characters like fully painted. So obviously you were getting a lot of people buying those cards who never wore comics, you know, who never, who never saw the painted yeah. work. And, you know, so I, I, by accessible at point to purchase, you know what I mean? And, and for impulse buys and you buy one set, then you buy another set. And, and, and really, I mean, I, I had so many kids like little kids at these signings, you know, get, getting, getting stuff signed. It's like, and that you don't see that anymore because I mean, you know, it, it just, it, it, they're not accessible. And I, 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 it makes me wonder if there was a mass market accessible set done again, you know, whether or not it would generate that kind of, that, that, that kind of interest, you know, I think it would, I think it would, I think they would just have to market it and, and stick to their guns on that and actually, you know, to decide to go the full route about it. I mean, we in the group, we try to be so welcoming and Ian's done such a wonderful job, um, you know, with the group and, and especially it being worldwide. I don't think people realize how global this event was. You know what I mean? I mean, they really don't. I don't think people realize how many serious collectors and casual collectors and collectors from the past are just all around the world. And yeah. yeah. I signed these cards in, in Europe. I signed them in Mexico. I signed them everywhere. That's the, the, the wow. nine. You know, it's, it's really, I mean, they're, they're, they literally are everywhere, you know, and, and you can't, you can't get away from them. But uh, like I said, I, 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 I mentioned the fact that I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll have to go look for it. I'm like, mm, yeah, good luck with that. You know, it's like, you're not going to find it. Well, you're not going to find it in any, in, you're going to be able to want to, want to, want to buy it, you know? And uh, I, I do. I, I, I was a little disappointed because I didn't understand the market, how the market had changed. Um because it, it didn't do what I what I wanted the set to do, as far as fan fan interaction. But uh, you know, hopefully somewhere down the line, you know, someone will produce a mass market set that that will do that again. I'm sure it will, and I'm sure this set might even get reprinted to a mass market. I I think it'd be a great opportunity. I think it'd be lovely to have everyone in there. I think the book did a lot of that. We would we you try guys, to do as guys who who have invested so much money into this set when it came out for that, that, that high end collector set, would you guys be upset if it went mass market? If they did a mass oh. market? Like, you know, I, I personally mean, I, no. I know some no. people might, some people would, but quite frankly, that's their problem. It's, yeah. um, I know, I know from the reaction of my daughter who is only just getting into comics and they're kind of, you know, my little pony at this point. Um, but she's oh. really into Spidey Friends on Disney Plus, which is made for children right. her age. So it's very soft, very cartoony. You know, Spider Gwen is in it, Miles Morales is in it, Peter Parker's in it, but they're all like young kid almost. It's it's kind of weird. Anyway, um, but she digs it. 
and she can she can watch it and it's safe and there's nothing in there. I tried her with an MCU movie for the first time last week and she made it 15 minutes in before she was really scared of something. So she's not made that jump yet to photo right. real, but she she finds the artwork and the depictions in the 2016 set to be very accessible, even though the characters themselves might be um, scary characters or sinister characters. I mean, you know, you got Green Goblin there, you have got Taskmaster. Right. It, it it's it's got that fine line where it's it's okay. So I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, if this ever did get produced as a mass market thing, it would be. I think I think kids would lap it up. I mean, that's what you need. But the the, the thing at the moment is that the the distribution model that Upper Deck kind of have is completely not geared to that at all. Um, you yeah. know, it's geared towards it's very much big sold sports to distributors. Yeah. Goes to them, and then it get, they they can price it pretty much however they want. Um, and it's a very, you know it's a very narrow thing. You can't very few stalls can get it without being an approved certain level of dealer. Um, it's only this last few weeks that the first retail blasters of their new Spider-Man metal product has been in Target, Walmart, and Barnes and Noble. That's the first retail. Uh, existence of any Marvel set apart from maybe a little bit of Marvel annual and some Walmart exclusive MCU stuff for a long, long, long time. Like maybe, maybe 2012 long, like a kind of crazy, crazy amount of time. I think between the set is beautiful regardless across all ages, but between the storytelling and the color profile, I can see like, man, if I was seven and I saw that server from 16, Mm -hmm. I would have lost my, (laughs) you know what I mean? I would have lost my mind. You know, I understand that there are a lot of like uh, there are a lot of other distractions now. I mean, there was no internet in '92. You know, and, and video games were in their infancy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So they're not an interactive um, uh, endeavor for kids. But so so it makes me wonder whether or not they'd still be into it. But I I, I think I I think if you have the right the right product, the right art, I, I, you know, and and they're accessible, I, I think I think kids will buy them. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Absolutely. Uh, why don't I don't see why not? Yeah. Um, what's I, I was going to ask you. I've got I've got one more question, and then I've got. You remember uh, um, we talked about this book that's coming up. In fact, let's talk about the book straight to, uh, next because we've been alluding to it all the way through, and people might not know what the f we're talking about. So, what's happening with Marvel Masterpieces ninety two and a book? Okay. Uh, well, I, we realized Mike Friedlander at FPG and I are, are have been best friends for 25 years. I did the TARS intro trading cards for him back back in the 90s, um, and we realized that the the anniversary was coming up, and it it really was. It's the, it's my career defining job. I mean, it really it, it's it's the weirdest thing. It, it's it's as I've done so much different stuff over the years, but but it always goes back to that '92 set. This is stuff that people remember, and it really did. You know, even though I had been working in the industry for 14 years by the time I did that card set, it really did sort of change my career. You know, the 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 the, the, the focus that those things got and the popularity of them. Um, it it. it it, it really it really did change the the trajectory of my career so i always felt that it being that important to set the 30th anniversary is coming up we should find some way to acknowledge it so we were trying to figure out how to do a book and we actually proposed it to marvel a couple of years ago because we knew we wanted to do it um uh, but we wanted to make it something special you know we didn't want to just do like a reprint book like the like the books were done you know when the comics came out uh we wanted 
to do a high-end book, but basically a whole historical tome on the book, uh, on the cards. Um, so I, I, we're we're putting together uh, uh, the paintings, which unfortunately uh, scans don't exist of a lot of them. Uh, you know, it was this this was pre-internet, so I wasn't scanning stuff. And while I normally shot transparencies of my work back then, these were done on such a tight schedule, I would just drop them off. Uh, and we always assumed that Marvel had the film or the scans, you know, of, of the cards. And apparently over, over the years with, with the moves and the bankruptcies and stuff like that, uh, stuff got lost and they found some in, in a file cabinet at some point, but a lot of them are gone. We don't know if, 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 uh, if ink, if, if Skybox or Inkworks had them, if, 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 if upper deck had them at this point, but uh, they have supposedly the scans from the comics, when they reprinted the comics, but they cropped. Yeah. And what we do is we really wanted to post paint for the first time. We wanted to print the under the full uncropped images. Cause even on the cards that crop for bleed and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but we're having the hardest time finding uh, uh, a lot of the originals. We have collectors who are, who are, who are really accommodating, you know, and, and letting us scan or photograph the artwork and stuff like that, which is why the card, the book's probably going to come out later than the 30th anniversary. We want, we wanted it for October of this year. No, it won't be October of this year. It'll be early next year sometime. Uh, we'll probably announce it in October to hit the anniversary. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's taking a lot longer to compile everything than uh, than we had expected. But we also want to get uh, you know all of the the ancillary um, uh, promotional promotional stuff, uh, the appearances that I did. Uh, we're, we're having the retailers who own the stores. I did the appearances, contribute some some stuff to it. Oh, wow. I think. My- asked uh, uh, um, people on the page to contribute their memories uh, for the book. Um, so it's, it's taking a little bit longer uh, to, to, to put together. I also found, uh, which I can't believe I found, because I had, I had an envelope because I was, w- w- while I wasn't shooting the, the, the paintings, I would go to my local copy shop and I would make color Xeroxes of them if I, if I had ch- a chance. So I had an envelope with a ton of color Xeroxes, full-size color Xeroxes of a lot of the paintings. Um, they're, you know, they're obviously not perfect, but, you know, they're, 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 they're color copies. Um, and I also found in an envelope, which I didn't realize I had, um, remember I told you that I broken down the cards for myself in these really blue sketches. Yeah. I found, I actually found those sketches. Uh, so I had those in a, in, in a, in, in an envelope in, in, in a, the back of a flat file somewhere that I had no idea I still had. So we're going to produce those in, in, in the book. Also, we're going to those, they're, they're not finished pencils. They're really loose, you know, gestural drawings and stuff like that, but it was the genesis of each of the cards. And you'll see that some of them aren't exactly what eventually, what eventually came out because I ended up with ideas and I changed my ideas as, as time went along, but it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see. So we have those, we found those. Um, and then uh, we could, we, we can be doing the book as a Kickstarter uh, to get the thing uh, up and running. And we wanted to make it special. You know, I talked to Michael. I said, you know, the guys, the guys, guys who collect this stuff are really, really into this stuff. And they've always treated me so well. How do we make this special for them? Um, so what we decided to do was what he had done with an Enric book that came out last year. He had done, Enric had done a hundred little Vampirella paintings, little tiny, like color comp type things that they put into a hard, little hardcover book. And they kickstarted, you can get one of the paintings with if you if you if if you supported the kickstarter at a certain level so 
while I can't reproduce obviously every trading card in that card set, what we're what I'm doing is what started out as was what was supposed to be loose color comps of the figures from those cards are kind of turning into more fully finished paintings as I'm doing them. Uh, so we do we're redoing the figures on a white background of each of the tra- of the cards from '92 um, oh. as in for for the Kickstarter, um, which is a little mind numbing to be doing. Uh, to be honest with you, because it's repainted, you already did like a hundred times. But uh, it's it's interesting to, to, as I'm doing them to see how I did them, and I'm realizing how I got them done so quickly because I, I developed techniques with these things that were, were really expeditious. You know, they're not painted like the Tarzan covers were painted. There, there's a lot of flat color with highlights picked out of it and stuff like that. So it's making getting these 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 new recreations done. Um, a little, a little easier. Um, there, I, I call them color sketches. I call them color sketches on, on, in, in the group. Uh, and certain people were like calling FBG going, Oh, if they're color sketches, why, why, why are they, they going to do that much? I mean, they're not really color sketches. They're, right. they're fairly finished, you know, uh, uh, because I just, I just, I just couldn't, you know, bang them out and not have them look like something that, that you guys would appreciate. So like pre drooling here. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> no, don't you dare. Don't you dare show me one. Said, yes. yeah, here he comes. And all the ones I have done already into FBG, but these are these are a few of the, okay. the new so we're saying we're saying Iceman. There's Phoenix. Oh my god, Phoenix. So, so yeah. Oh my oh, god. Hello. Oh, they're 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 more they're they're a little more than color sketches, mm. you know. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to make it special for you guys more than anybody else, you know. So that wow. that that we're doing with the uh, with the uh, with the Marvel masterpiece book. Well, so we're we're hoping to get as much of the the actual originals as possible. And if not, then we're going to have to, you know, either use the scan, the crop scans from from the from the, the comic books and stuff like that. But we're 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 being fairly successful. I think we're. We have thirty left that we need to find. So okay, wow. Well, let's. That's push. fantastic. I mean, work. If there's anything more we can do to push out on other social channels, yeah. If help. you need anything from us, yes, please don't know. be shy. We'll happily. Oh, do so. I, 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 there was a list of, of the ones that were missing. Uh, so I, I'll get the updated list from Michael uh, of, of the ones that we need. Uh, the, 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 we, the originals that that are that are, are are somehow out there somewhere. So hopefully somebody has them. I'm, I'm we're getting call, I'm getting calls from the weirdest people. Uh, Dan Jurgens just messaged me a couple of days ago. He has three of them. He has three of the originals. What? what years ago? Yeah, I was like, I had no idea. So we, we found three more of those. So they're coming from really weird places. But we are we are as the word's getting out. We are we are finding them. You know. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but that's I, I, amazing. Yeah. I, I, I we assumed all these years that Marvel had had film. You know that they are yeah. carved, it. but with, through the moves and and everything else, I guess stuff like that wasn't wasn't really kept. I mean, they they they, they don't even have film in some of the comics. If you notice some of the Marvel Essentials that they reproduce, they're, yes. reproduce, they're shooting from the comics because yeah. the film. So I guess over over you know sixty years, stuff just kind of disappears. Well, it's, it's organic. I know. I know people are going to love this set. I know this set's mm. going to the the book is immediately going to sell out and. This is going to be extremely successful. I know people have been wanting this for some time and seeing the work. I mean, 
and I, maybe I shouldn't say this loud, but if you didn't give us anything, I still buy the book. I'm very grateful to you for the extra well, work you're putting in there. Uh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, we're, 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 we're trying to make it like uh, as, as a, as a complete a historical account of that card set as possible. And, and as earlier, I mean, we had no idea what that card set was, was going to become, or I would have shot film of all of the paintings, you know, I would have kept, because I have film of almost every cover I've ever done. I used to get transparency shot, but that job, because of, of the scale and, and, and the time frame, it just never even occurred to me to shoot, to shoot, you know, film, film of, of all this. Because who knew? Honestly, who knew? Who, yeah. No, no one knew. Yeah. It's like you were a 14 year overnight success in 1992. I yeah, guess yeah. that must have been how it felt. Yeah. yeah. And I, you think about it, it's it's like I, I stopped to think about it and, and, and do like the, the time frame and yeah, I've been, I've been working for 14 years at that point when I did that card set and, and, it, and it just, I mean, I was getting work and people knew who I was, but cool. that really just, just elevated my career to a whole, the whole, you know, something I wanted to ask. And, and, and I just, I, I, I kind of, I'm glad we kind of segued to this point because um, obviously we've got the, the MMC group, which is, you know, a whole legacy of now 11 sets, a 12th one coming uh, whenever it's able to be. Um, set, by the way. Say that again, sorry? I've seen the art for the new, for the new masterpiece set. Oh. I'm, I'm friends with the guy who's doing it. Great. Okay, oh, this is good. That's amazing. Good. Happy. Good. Okay, this is good. Um, there's also a Joe Disco fan club group on Facebook. Yes. So it must be quite a... <laughs> uh, which which I still find, but that's that's what I was going to ask. Actually, it's something that came up in conversation yesterday. So yesterday, our listeners would have heard it by now. But yesterday, we spoke to Renee Witterstatter. Yes, um, and she she's gorgeous lady. We, we had a really fun I- time. And we had a topic of conversation come up there, and I jotted down the following question. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know how, I don't, yeah, well, no, uh, Rene asked us a question to ask you. Oh, yeah, Rene asked us a question we were yes, dying. I'll, I'll get to that. That, that. That's the lighthearted question. This question is not meant to be that heavy, but how how do you find balancing that that, that kind of personal life and how much you, you share of, of your process and your work with that kind of public persona and the the kind of – we had a good conversation yesterday about the fact that a lot of the creators are almost as looked up to by a lot of their fans as the superheroes are. You've got that right. same kind of perception there. How's that been for you as as, as someone who I, I, I strike as a very down-to-earth, very humble, hardworking fella? Yeah, I, I – you know, I, I'm – I'm what you see on social media essentially is me. You know, I, 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 it's, I, 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 I've never been one to put on an air or, 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 or try to be something I'm not, you know? So if you, if you follow my page, you see, I, I post artwork and I post like, like stupid memes or, 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 or accounts and stories and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's, I enjoy the interaction uh, with people because, because I work by myself most of the time. So I, I find, I find the interaction on social media to be, uh, to be psychologically beneficial to me, you know, okay. and, uh, I, I, I do my best not to become confrontational. You know, people think they know me because we talk on, 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 on social media, you know, but honestly, it's, it's like, you know, my friends know me, you, you know, what I put out there. I, I don't do politics. I don't do religion. You know, I, I just don't, I, I, I don't see any point ever doing that. People assume they know my politics because I was a cop, you know, they, it, you don't know my politics, yeah. you know? Um, uh, I don't think that I don't post really personal stuff. I don't post 
you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time. Um, you don't post personal stuff. You know, I'll post shots of me and my grandson and stuff like that. But, but you, you, I, I really personal like medical stuff. And I, I see people posting medical stuff all the time. I, I, I don't see any reason to do that. You know, if you, you know, uh, uh, how do you put this? People think that because you're Facebook friends, that you're friends. You know, you're 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 a guy that I barely know. Mm. You know, you're like that guy I see on a subway across the street, uh, across the car from me that I strike a conversation with. Mm. I don't know. You don't know me, you know, but we chat, you know, and, and, and people people tend to get personal. They, they ask you personal questions as if you're obligated to answer them. And it's, it's none of your business. You know, it's it, it's I, I will be as sociable as I possibly can. I really like talking to people online, but there's a limit to how much you, you share. It really is. Yeah. Well, I think what was what's always so brilliant about you and pretty much everyone else, I mean, everyone else, not pretty much everyone else we've met. We're very lucky community of card collectors, like because all the artists have been nice. You know what I mean? Like everyone's so pleasant and and so respectful of each other. And that was the big part of the group, too. And, and a big part of this podcast is, you know, this is like an oral history because, you know, this stuff doesn't exist anywhere else. Right you know, and we always appreciate you guys time and, and everything you do with us. And we always hope that most people in the group and fans are understanding that, Hey, this person's out of their very busy schedule doing this for us, saying hi, dropping some kind of fact that we're all obsessing about, <laughs> you know what I mean? And kindly moving on with their day. Um, so we appreciate you and we, it's completely understandable and, and <laughs> frankly, professional and, and the way to do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, I enjoy coming to that page. It's one of the few pages I, that I, I interact on as much as I do. Um, you know, I'll go to certain pages and if people, because I follow art pages and comic pages and I, I, I like, I'll, we'll talk about art and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it, it's, I really, I really appreciate that. And I learn a lot actually, because like I said, it's, it's changed so much. So I learn a lot from, from, from that page also from listening to you guys talk and chat and about what's going on. You know what I mean? But yeah, it, it's, and, and, and most people understand that I'm, I don't live on Facebook. You know, I, I it seems like I do sometimes because while I'm working, I, I'll scroll, I'll take a break and I'll scroll and I'll make a comment here and there. So people think that if they message you, that you know, Facebook Messenger is like an intercom, and you're supposed to answer them right away. Oh, I get that. I you know that. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> hey, dude. It's like okay, I was just on Facebook maybe five minutes ago, but yeah. I'm not on now. You know, yeah. just my browser's open doesn't mean I'm scrolling Facebook. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we get that as as ad, you know, because I've I've yeah. stepped back from adminning the group now because I did it four years and it was just full on. Because um, because nicest people are there are some crazies. Um, but I, I, I'm sure you get this, Norman, where people message you on Messenger and they go, hi, Ian, and they're waiting for you to respond like it's live chat. Yeah. And I have to say to them, D don't leave me hanging. Say what you want to say and I'll get back to you when I've got a moment. I'm not, not going to interrupt dinner with my family or something right. like that to respond to you just because it's like an instant thing for you. I do find it very interesting the way that social media can be um, – positive and and you know the feedback that you get and the interaction that you get but it can also be a great bizarro world is the it's expression. a fine line yeah, it, yeah. It, it, and, and, and the, the expectations sometimes are are a bit much from people but but i, I find that not to be the norm but thankfully Same. you know i mean I, I, I 
and, and I do everything I can to avoid conflict on 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 social media. I don't I don't tweet because I find I think Twitter is one of the most aggressive places on the face of the earth. You know, Same. I do I do Instagram as an art drop on Instagram. I can share stuff. I, I can honestly say uh, I, I, I accidentally looked at my my DMs on Instagram. I have never answered a DM on Instagram ever. And I've got a billion of them. I just noticed, you know, so with my thing, I'm an asshole. I'm ignoring them. But I, I the whole attraction of Instagram yeah. was the fact that you didn't really have to interact in the way you do on Facebook. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I enjoy Facebook because of the interaction. Instagram was basically just supposed to be sort of like a, 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 a promotional thing for me, you know, but so if you, if you've DM me on Instagram and I haven't, answered, I haven't answered anybody. I've never answered one DM on Instagram ever. Everyone's in the, the same playing field. Well, on that's Instagram. the thing, you know, Instagram started like that, but because Zuckerberg and Facebook now met or right. whatever it's called, right. having owning it, they want this to be a universal messaging ecosystem between right. WhatsApp, Messenger, Instagram, you know, whatever right. else they haven't yet bought. bought. And yeah. it's it's too much. I always I said this when we spoke to Bill Sienkiewicz, who was gorgeous um, about Twitter because he 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 really does Twitter quite well and he's he does get into it as well um i always find it fascinating to watch how different how different people navigate the different mm-hmm. waters and the different yeah. temperaments um I, i'm going to jump to the question that, that renee asked us yep. to ask you now we don't know what this means we have no idea what she was talking uh, I about i said to renee we assume if, it's an inside if joke. we were going to pass along one thing to joe or ask him a question what would it be and she said without hesitating what superpower does he have in connection with the animal kingdom? <laughs> I can attract cats no matter where we go, all over the face of the earth. That's it's, amazing. I, I, I am. It, it's it's the weirdest thing. It's like cats are attracted to me. You know, I, wow. I think they, I have an affinity for them. Uh, we were in Spain, and there was a cat like on the other end of this courtyard. And I would call to it and the cat would come to me. I mean, we, we, the cat, cats somehow seek me out all over the world. And I can't figure out what, what, what my superpower is as far as cats go. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, that's pretty great. <laughs> so there's two more uh, things that people sent in. So an artist, uh, Andre Orsch, um, who does wonderful uh, work sketch cards nice and, guy. And, and Super bigger awesome. pieces. Um, he's in Canada just outside Toronto he just said simply to tell Joe I said thank you for opening my eyes to what comic art could look like he's probably the biggest influence on my artistic journey and the reason I got into painting wow that's that's see when I hear stuff like that it, it, it's 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 it, it, it humbles me because I know that I'm a guy who never had a painting lesson in my life who, who mm. you know I'm self-taught, you know, I, I, I kind of cobble together whatever I know just by trial and error. So the fact that, that, that people find something of value in what I do, I always find to be uh, um, surprising and incredibly humbling. Well, uh, Dre, you heard it here first. <laughs> he'll be he'll be listening to this. He's, he's, he's he always listens on the on the day it drops. We usually drop these on a Thursday, and he listens to it on on speed and a half. So we sound like chipmunks, probably, on his drive into his um, his office in Toronto. So, um, and finally, and this is from a collector. We've had one from one of your one of your peers. We've had one from uh, Dre, uh, who's uh, probably also a peer, I guess, um, and one from um, a collector. So I spoke to Pankit, and we know Pankit. I love Pankit. He's a, the best. He's um, he's he's he lives in Boston. He's a big Captain America collector. Right, I know. Um, 
so yeah, yeah, brilliant. You know of him. So um, he, he actually asked me three things, but we've kind of answered two of them uh, during the course of this podcast. So uh, I guess this is a great question to kind of wrap up on. Would you be open to doing another set or subset chase set if you're given a chance? Okay. Um, I've been asked recently about my interest in doing another set. Uh, it's a little too soon after 2016. I would need a little bit more space where I can come up with something a little bit different. Uh, I'm also involved with the Edgar Burroughs project right now, and that has to be my priority for everything. You know, it's uh, I'm, I, it's a it's a it's a project I've wanted my entire career, and the fact that I finally gotten it seems like I've I finally kind of, I really it, it's it's a it's a dream for me. I, it, it's something I never thought I would ever get. And now that I have it, uh, I'm I'm really putting everything I have into that set. I'd be interested in doing another set. Um, it definitely would be sometime down the line, uh, but I, I'm I'm not closed off to it at all. Right. Well, that's joyful news for everyone listening. I'm sure. So that's so great. Um, people, start start saving those pennies now, uh, kids. Um, well, they you know it'd be nice if they could buy it in stores, but probably possibly not. Hey. Um, Joe, thank you. I've I've loved talking to you. It's two hours have just gone like that, and you know, it has been it has it, been two hours. It's been two hours. It's it's been slightly over, in fact, which is great because uh, people will love it. Um, I I just want to I just want to personally, you know, uh, I just want to thank you for being in the groups, uh, for interacting with the collectors, for you know, for making the, the items that you've made exclusively available to them. Um, and just giving them and us an insight into your work when you can. Uh, it's uh, it, it really pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Joe, you remember at the beginning of the episode, I said, write yes, down I- two little words. Um, this is where I have to shut up and let Joe just go, our guest on what will be episode 150, say... Well, this is Joe Jusco, and enjoy collecting. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors podcast. Visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. You can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast can be found by Googling at the MCC pod, which will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Our Facebook community is at MCCW, Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Band Collective. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine marvel and enjoy collecting.